106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. How far will the most corrupt president in history go to keep Republicans from winning back the White House? Meet the cast of unscrupulous accomplices he's assembled to get Trump. Alvin Bragg, the radical liberal New York prosecutor who refuses to prosecute violent criminals. Jack Smith, who's made a career persecuting innocent Republican officials. Letitia James, the socialist who ran on the promise, I'll go after Trump. And Biden's newest lackey, Atlanta DA, Fonnie Willis. So incompetent, on her watch, violent crimes have exploded. So tainted, Willis was thrown off one case for trying to prosecute a political opponent. So corrupt, Willis got caught hiding a relationship with a gang member she was prosecuting. So dishonest, Willis was accused of creating a fake subpoena. Welcome to the Fraud Squad. Outside the Pentagon, CNN's military affairs correspondent, Jamie McIntyre. And Jamie, you got very close to where that plane went down. That's right, Judy. A short uh, a while ago, I walked right up to next to the building where uh, uh, firefighters were still trying to put out the blaze. The, the fire, by the way, is still burning in some parts of the Pentagon. And I took a look at the huge gaping hole that's in this sideway, but from my close-up inspection, uh, there's no evidence of a plane having crashed anywhere near the Pentagon. The only site uh, is the actual uh, side of the building that's crashed in, and as I said, the only pieces left uh, that you can see are, are small enough that you could pick up in your hand. Uh, there are no large uh, tail sections, wing sections, uh, a fuselage, nothing like that anywhere around. All right, we've got an another native another native uh, Oregonian here they wear the masks outside while walking by themselves it's very common here in Oregon you see the natives they wear the headphones and they wear the masks to protect themselves from the virus while they're outside with only themselves the minute I veered from the orthodoxy on COVID which was stay home forever until we tell you you're allowed to leave the house. Then I was evil. I wasn't just somebody who disagreed with the policy. I was evil. Like you can't even ask a question and you just get shunted. And when I walked away from Levi's, I don't regret that either. It was in service of truth so that I could speak the truth freely. Nothing stands in the way as much as censorship. And my hope is that it inspires other folks to do the same because there's so many people, the silent majority, who see the lies and are too afraid to speak up. And we all need to, because right now we're living at the behest of a tyrannical minority demanding that we uphold lies. But I think we're the majority. Fox News alert, a major update in the White House cocaine scandal. According to a report cited by the New York Post, a source close to the White House says Joe Biden knows exactly who left the bag of cocaine in the White House. And it's someone in the Biden family orbit. But this source says it wasn't Hunter's. Now, we haven't verified the report, but if this is true, it adds another layer to the cover up. We have to hold every drug user accountable because if there were no uh, 
No drug users. There would be no appetite for drugs, and there'd be no market for them. The Secret Service said that they are ending the investigation yeah. of the cocaine found at the White House, and they didn't have any fingerprints, and they said that they cannot identify who, uh, whose cocaine it was. We have to hold every drug user accountable. to No Hostages Radio, and this is our 228th episode to appear on August 12, 2023. We have a website, nohostagesradio.com, where we stash past episodes all the way back to number one. Sure, not you're not going to spend a lot of time doing that, but if you ever want to go back or you miss part of it, you want to catch something or you want to send somebody over there to listen to something you've heard, have at it. Uh, we also do a, a live show on KMYC. It's called KMYC 1410 AM Live with Lou. We call it Live with Lou over there. And it's every Saturday from 10 AM to 1 PM. And that's uh, California time. And you can listen to that live. If you go to nohostagesradio.com and click on a listen live button, you should hear the live feed come through so you can listen to it. If your state's away from me, from us and you want to, listen to that uh, podcast or that uh, live broadcast as well a couple ways to get a hold of me you can al- always reach me at uh, my cell phone which is the only number i live by nowadays 530-713-1838 you can call me uh, or text me give me information or if you want me to try to do something for you that's great 530-713-1838 and uh, if i don't answer the phone that just means uh, I'm I'm separated from it in a meeting or something where I can't answer it or on the other line, but I will call you back. I don't screen calls, and I try. I do. Uh, my attempt is to. Uh, my intent is to call everybody back, and uh, find out what's up, even if it's a wrong number. So you can also email me if you want to send me a clip or an article or something. You can send it to Lou. That's L O U at nohostagesradio.com lou at nohostagesradio.com so uh thanks for listening and um i wanted to mention today um there's a concept uh you know you you ever wonder whether you got to give somebody something there's some there's some uh, rules of thumb in the bible on how to be charitable kind to people kind to the poor and uh, sometimes I think that the poor today are different than the poor of yesteryear. Jesus talks about even if you give a cup of water to someone in my name, you did it for me. The early uh, people in this country, before there was government uh, welfare, health and human services, before that, uh, people just took care of people. And nonprofits sprung up to take care of people. So if there was children that were loose on the streets, lost their parents, or something happened at home, or 
if there were people that were addicted or people that were in prostitution or, you know, just got sideways somehow, there were groups that reached out to help them get back on the path and find their way. And so um, there was a book written, and there is a book that was written in the 1990s by Marvin Olasky. It's uh, not O-apostrophe, it's all one word, O-L-A-S-K-Y, Marvin Olasky. It's called The Tragedy of American Compassion, and, it, and he did his best, I think he's a journalism professor, did his best to go back and, and look at the records in libraries in the Smithsonian Institute, uh, describing what er early Americans did to take care of their neighbors. The Bible says, uh, be neighborly, be good to your neighbors, be good neighbor. How do we do that? And so one of the, one of the uh, themes during early America was uh, the early workers with people that were needy. Uh, they found that there was good charity and bad charity. Sometimes we think of the term charity, we think, oh, it's all good. They differentiated between different types of charity back then, and they, they felt there was some types of charity that uh, prolonged the bad behavior that was causing people to crash and burn. And then there was good charity that was uplifting. So I, uh, a friend from Arizona who uh, I used to know face-to-face -face back in the 70s, and now he's in Arizona and I'm over here, and we kind of reconnected through the podcast uh, after 40 years of being separate. And so he sends me information, and he sent me a little uh, ditty that this fellow uh, spoke, and I just, instead of uh, trying to add it into the recorded portion, I'm just going to speak it to you. And the fellow said, the first time you give something for free, that's called, a, uh, people respond usually with appreciation. The second time uh, people, uh, you give something for free, people have anticipation. So he went from appreciation to anticipation. The third time uh, they meet up with you and you have, you're giving out free stuff. And we do that a lot at our church, and a lot of times I wonder whether we we don't do this exact thing. So first time it's hey I'm really appreciative. Second times they just anticipate if they come they're going to get help. The third time they even more so more than anticipation they expect it. It's called expectation. So you go appreciation, anticipation, expectation. The fourth time people come and they're not on their own yet and taking care of themselves, uh, they have a sense of entitlement. The fifth time, they have a sense of dependency on you, that that's where you're the go-to person to supply their needs. And if there's a sixth time and they don't get what they want, they, they experience resentment and hatred towards the donor. And that's a uh, psychological uh, growth chart on behavior. And I thought it just nailed it. And it and it describes, if you want to go look up this book, I'll tell you again, you could probably pick it up for a couple dollars on a used bookstore. It's, it's uh, well, I'll just speak for myself because I don't know whether you like the same th type of things I do. I read it from cover to cover. I'm a little ADHD, so I have a hard time making it all the way to the end of anything uh, book-wise. Uh, but I do read a lot. So, uh, The Tragedy of American Compassion by Marvin Olasky. It's very, very interesting, fascinating, easy to read, 
easily uh, well written and worth a read. Appreciation, anticipation, expectation, entitlement, dependency, and unfortunately, in the end, resentment and hatred. I uh, I think uh, even though it's a little different, the soccer team, the ladies' soccer team that just uh, gave a horrible testimony for America. There are probably daughters that uh, some parents are embarrassed about. Certainly, I wouldn't want any of those daughters and ladies as my daughter. Uh, I'm sure there was a couple of them that are patriots, but they were overwhelming. They were overwhelmed by the negative behavior uh, of these people that were supposedly represented the United States of America. And uh, I, I, I rarely post on Facebook. There was a lot of chit-chat on Facebook, and I just couldn't hold back. And I just said, you know, uh, I would rather have some soccer ladies vetted next time that were good soccer players but actually had a character. These women had no character. And um, so, and I actually mentioned that I'd, I'd ho- I was hoping for the, the opponents to win, particularly the Vietnamese, who I spent a lot of time in Vietnam, and they are, uh, even though they're suffering under communism, as a culture, they, they are celebrating their wins as people, not as politics. So I ran across this uh, item, I just, I titled it Sack Lunches, by Emma Isabella, she wrote just her own uh, explanation of what happened, I think, to her. She said, I put my, my carry-on on in the luggage compartment and sat down in my assigned seat. It was going to be a long flight. I'm glad I have a good book to read. Perhaps I will get a short nap, I thought. Just before takeoff, a line of soldiers came down the aisle, filled all the vacant seats, totally surrounding me. So I decided to start a conversation. Where are you headed? I said to the soldier. Petawawa, he said, we'll be there for two weeks for special training, and then we're going to be deployed to Afghanistan. After flying for about an hour, <clears throat> an announcement was made that sack lunches were available for $5. It would be several hours before we reached the east, and I quickly decided a lunch would help me pass the time. As I reached for my wallet, I overheard a soldier asking his buddy if he planned to buy lunch, and the guy said no. It seems like a lot of money for just a sack lunch. Probably wouldn't be worth five bucks. I'll wait till we get to the base, he said. His friend agreed, and they looked around at the other soldiers. None were buying lunches. I walked to the back of the plane, and I handed the flight attendant a $50 bill. Take a lunch to all the soldiers, I said. She grabbed my arms and squeezed tightly, the uh, flight attendant. Her eyes wet with tears, and she thanked me. She said, my son was a soldier in Iraq. It's almost like you were doing it for him. Picking up ten sacks, she headed up the aisle to where the soldiers were seated. She stopped at my seat and asked, what do you like best, beef or chicken? Chicken, I said, but I was wondering why she would ask me that. She turned and went to the front of the plane, returning a minute later with a dinner plate from first class. This is your thanks, she said. After we finished eating, I went again to the back of the plane, heading for the restroom. A man stopped me. He said, I saw what you did, and I want to be part of it. Here, take this, and he handed me $25. Soon after I returned to my seat, I saw the flight captain coming down the aisle, looking at the aisle numbers as he walked, hoping, I was hoping he would not look at me, 
but he I noticed he was looking at all the numbers on my side of the plane. When he got to my row, he stopped, smiled, held out his hand, and said, I want to shake your hand. Quickly, uh, I unfastened my seatbelt, and I stood up to take the captain's hand. With a booming voice, he said, I was a soldier once, and I was a military pilot. Once someone bought me lunch. It was an act of kindness I will never forget. I was embarrassed when applause was heard from the passengers. Later, I walked to the front of the plane so I could stretch my legs. A man was seated about six rows from the front. Um, He reached out his hand, wanting to shake mine. He left another $25 in my palm. When we landed, I gathered my belongings and started the plane. Waiting just inside the airplane door was a man who stopped me and put something in my shirt pocket, turned and walked away without saying a word. It was another $25. Upon entering the terminal, I saw that the soldiers were gathered up for their trip to the base. I walked over to them and handed them $75, said, saying to them, it will take you some time to reach the base. It will be about time for a sandwich. God bless you. Ten young men left the flight, feeling the love and respect of their fellow travelers. As I walked briskly to my car, I, I whispered a prayer for their safe return. These soldiers were giving their all for our country. I could only give them a couple of meals. It seemed so little. A veteran is someone who, at one point in his life, wrote a blank check made payable to citizens of the United States for an amount of up to and including their life. That is honor, and there are way too many people in this country who no longer understand it. I hope this story brings into perspective how dastardly and disgusting humiliating and uh, slut-like the soccer team behaved uh, throughout the world championships. And I don't know that it's going to get any better, but I, uh, till my dying breath, I will not stop exposing uh, unrighteous and crummy behavior, particularly when they're being paid by U.S. tax dollars if they want to go pay, play professional and behave that way, it's up to them. But when we're paying for their way, they're paying, playing for the United States of America. Tax dollars are covering the cost. Their, our country is on their shirts. Uh, I'm not going to stand for it. I'm just not going to stand for it. And the rest of the people like the NBA, the Major League Baseball, and all the other alphabet soup of sports – uh, I uh, will not support, watch, uh, or gawk after uh, foolishness, uh, these foolish people who would never move to one of the countries that I travel in, but yet criticize uh, the, still the greatest nation on earth, though it's teetering uh, to, to, to disaster. This is floating around the internet. I don't know whether I can get through it. We've got about five minutes left. Uh, a lot of you aren't on Facebook. I am, and it came across Facebook, and it, it also has a very uh, strong punch to it. said, I've never heard this said as simply as, as, or as well, class war at its best. The folks who are getting the free stuff don't like the folks who are paying for the free stuff because the folks who are paying for the free stuff can no longer afford to pay for both the free stuff and their own stuff. And the folks who are paying for the free stuff want the free stuff to stop. 
And the folks who are getting the free stuff want even more free stuff on top of the free stuff they already get. Now, the people are forcing the people who pay for the free stuff have told the people who are receiving the free stuff that the people who are paying for the free stuff are being mean, prejudiced, and racist. So, the people who are getting the free stuff have been convinced that they need to hate the people who are paying for the free stuff by the people who are forcing some people to pay for their free stuff and giving them the free stuff in the first place. We have let the free stuff giving go on for so long that there are now more people getting free stuff than those paying for the free stuff. Now understand this. All great democracies have committed financial suicide somewhere between 200 and 250 years after being founded. The reason? The voters figured out that they could vote themselves money from the Treasury by electing people who promised to give them money from the Treasury in exchange for electing them. The United States officially became a republic in 1776, 243 years ago or so, and the number of people now getting free stuff outnumbers the number of people paying for it. Failure to change that spells the end of the United States as we know it. This person wrote, election 2024 is coming. A nation of sheep breeds a government of wolves. The founders never wanted a nation of sheep, but we've become that. One indication in my world, I've lived in the church world, although I wasn't raised that way. And I was fascinated because I used to take a lot of sociology classes. And I was fascinated by the sociological phenomenon that all the churches, 99.9%, of all churches in America closed when the government says, we don't need you. I agreed, I agreed with the fact that the government doesn't need the churches because almost all of them are irrelevant. But I was fascinated of the phenomenon that they just simply closed, almost like the pastors. It was a relief to pastors that they didn't have to really shepherd the sheep anymore. The question is, were they really shepherding them or just fleecing them? This guy or gal says, for all, all of our sake, please take a stand. I've read a couple things here today that may uh, you may or may not agree with. I'll tell you what we don't need. If you agree with me, we don't need you agreeing and just nodding your head and repeating it to somebody else and nobody does anything. It's really time to do more than agree. You need to do something. I've been uh, the last several months, take, I took over a, a group uh, called Freedom Coalition Network freedomco.net. I'm, I'm, I'm not running it. I'm running it with a group of uh, really sharp people. And I have been, they said, oh, Lou, you know, we need more people involved. I said, really, we don't. What we need to do is work. I would like to pose to you the fact that, that maybe you should take up a hobby, not woodworking or, or uh, gardening. Maybe you should add this to, I'm, I'm not against all those things. I like to garden. Uh, maybe you should add this till you die. You should add the hobby of investing in the freedom of America and, and begin doing things that are going to assure our freedom, studying the politics, 
going to city council meetings, going to school board meetings, going to, I, I don't really care whether you got kids in school, go to meetings, find out what's going on, stand up, speak against, do, do something. If you do not do anything, this country is not going to exist. Maybe if you're at my age, you may drop dead before you really, it gets egregious. My friend Dave Bryan, as we took an offering the other night for a speaker, said to people, this guy was speaking about election corruption. He says, we're either going to support people like this who are making a difference or we're going to get our money taken from us. Hard earned money. You earned you earned a lot of stuff. You have houses and you have cars and you have 401k plans and you have investments And those things could be taken from you overnight, and you will regret not donating them to good causes that could have prevented that very problem. We'll be right back, and we'll start our second of six segments. admits that it was his laptop from hell. The next day, DA Alvin Bragg indicts President Trump. June 8th, an FBI document is released showing that the Ukrainians paid the Biden crime family millions and millions of dollars. The next day, the Mar-a-Lago raid and the Mar-a-Lago indictment. Last week, Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal fell through when the judge realized it had blanket immunity. The following day, a superseding indictment against Donald Trump. July 31st, Devin Archer goes to testify in front of the House. That was only after they failed to put him in jail prior to the fact. What happens the next day? The January 6th indictment that we're here for today. This is not a coincidence. This is election interference at its finest against the leading candidate right now for president for either party. President Trump is under siege in a way that we have never seen before. President Trump and his legal team and everyone on his team will continue to fight, not for him, but for the American people. I'll take some questions. Thank you. I know the president has called this a witch hunt. You just laid out several examples of that. Uh, any other thoughts from the, that the president has communicated to you in terms of why this is going on and then why he calls it a witch hunt? I think a witch hunt is really the way that anybody should describe this because it's not something we've seen in our time. Um, this is not even political. This is beyond that. A witch hunt is when you relentlessly attack your opponent when you relentlessly attack the thing that you are most afraid of. People are afraid of somebody that cannot be bought by Washington. People are afraid of somebody who is independently wealthy and who has given up his good life to fight for this country. And that frightens a lot of politicians who are career politicians, unfortunately, because he'll get back there and I know he'll be fighting for every one of us so that this doesn't happen to us. This case is about free speech, but the special counsel says Trump could have disagreed with the results and talked about it. No crime there. The difference is what he did to try and switch the votes. So 
What is it that he did to try and switch the votes that you re refer to? By bringing cases, by using the law in an appropriate manner, unlike what we're sitting here today seeing, this is not appropriate. What President Trump did is he said, go patriotically and peacefully and protest. That is an American right. That is why we are America and we are not a third world country. Although I will say that today, I don't feel very much like we are in America. Yes. In case you go forward before or after the 2024 presidential election. I think that every court needs to look at this as a whole, right? It's not about the January 6th case. It's about the fact that in the matter of a couple months, we have seen them try and tie up, and me as an attorney, I've never seen this, tie up one individual who's, a campaign, who's running a campaign, in a campaign, running for office for president, so that he is in court, in depositions, and distracted, so that he won't properly run for 2024. And frankly, it's not going to work. Is the legal team going to argue that the election was stolen? I don't think that that's the argument that needs to be made. I think that anybody that believes that is misreading this. The truth is, as an American, there were questions that he had regarding the election integrity. We've seen documents come out. We've seen documentaries come out showing that there were issues with the election. And he and frankly, bringing this, I don't think Jack Smith really thought it through. There only has to be proof that, number one, President Trump believed that this election was not completely honest. And number two, Jack Smith has opened himself up to a can of worms that we can now look at and really examine. If you believe that he's innocent and that this is all a setup, why not bring it to trial as soon as possible before the election so that you can clear his name? Yeah, I would love to do that, but there's something called discovery. And when somebody wants to say that the 2020 election was perfect and that President Trump has no right to object to it, we've got to go show them all the facts. And there's a lot of facts to show. So everybody has their time. And to say that Donald Trump should then be rushed and not be given the same fair proceeding that anybody else is, is just, frankly, un-American. It's not fair. It's not the way our system a works. The, a lot of the lawyers who helped him try to overturn the election um, are unnamed co-conspirators in the indictment. Jenna Ellis isn't. Why do you think that is? I'm not going to speak to co-conspirators or anybody else. I represent President Trump. Let's go one more. Lena, there, there are a number of, uh, there's testimony and there's a number of aides that have said that the president was made aware that he lost the election and yet continued to uh, argue that it, that it was stolen from him. How, how do you reconcile those two things? Well, I think that everybody was made aware that he lost the election, but that doesn't mean that that was the only advice he was given. As anybody understands what happens in the Oval Office, there are a numerous amount of advisors and politicians and lawyers, not just one or two, that are giving you advice and telling you what they believe is true. So he may not agree with Mike Pence. He may not agree with one of his lawyers, but that doesn't mean that there weren't other people advising him exactly the opposite. And the president has a right, as every one of us do, to listen to several opinions and make their decision. I remember hearing Hillary Clinton and uh, Stacey Abrams argue their elections were not right. Absolutely. I mean, how in the weaponization of the DOJ didn't happen then. No, of course not. But if your last name's Trump, it's very different. So Hillary Clinton could have a problem when she lost the election and we could have a complete liberal meltdown, as we all saw. But when we have dignified disagreements, we take them to court, we say do things patriotically and peacefully, he's to blame for things that he did not himself do. And that's what we're seeing. Frankly, folks, this is not about that. This is about politics. This is about 2024, period, the end. Thank you.
segment two. I was talking to Will Fanning. He started, <clears throat> founded, and operates All Power Services in Yuba City, California, 1469 Stewart Road. You might say, wow, what's All Power Services? Well, they work on any kind of piece of equipment that power is connected to. So I've been promoting all kinds of stuff, which is all true. I haven't said anything that's wrong. But he said, Lou, if possible, we want to push power tools. We'll work on their power tools. So there's even pictures of skill saws and grinders and stuff. And maybe all of a sudden something happens and there's a short in it. It doesn't work right. So he said, push. He said, let them know we'll work on power tools. We'll service and repair as much as possible. Lawnmowers, chainsaws, tremors, weed eaters, riding lawnmowers, smaller tractors, generators, water pumps, pressure washers, electric and gas and diesel powered. If you have any of those things, and I know all of us do in our garage have some of them, and it's a bummer when they don't work, right? And they just lay there and collect dust, and you think, I'm going to. You have those, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then you do it some other way, and you think, man, I wish I had that, that working. Why don't you just go drop it off at All Power Services, or you can call them up, but you could just drop it by 1469 Stewart Road. It's right off of Highway 99, just south of Yuba City. Really easy to get to. No stoplights down there, around there, in the rural area. And uh, you could, if you want to call or text Will, you can hook him, hook up with him at 530-844-0347, 844-0347. And uh, he will help you, and he's got a whole team of great guys there, good people, good attitude, honest people, and they will fix your, uh, they'll get you back in business with whatever you have, okay? Also want to give a shout out to uh, my friends at All, All Allen's Auto Body, and that's the clark family and it indeed is that's mom and dad and two sons kevin and carrie and their sons and kevin's been working over there at allen's um when the allen's ran it and then they retired and he bought it from them many years ago so it is the bright yellow building on the corner of tea garden and sutter in yuba city and you can reach them on a landline at 530-671-1057 so give them a shout, and uh, they are friends of this show, <clears throat> and uh, we appreciate you doing business with them. I, I take my car there, so does uh, the, the our, my board operator, Santos Vigil, for the KMYC, and my other friends of mine mentioned, hey, we went over there. They, Kevin took care of my car after it got in a fight. <clears throat> I wanted to mention a dating website. <clears throat> Seems kind of odd, me talking about that on this show. But there's a problem. Since some of you took the COVID jab and some of you did not, did you realize that the COVID jab, you could uh, be the the, uh, ailments caused by the COVID jab can be transferred to a non-jabbed person? You can, uh, what I used to call, I used to call it a different name, but the correct name is shedding. You can actually pass on the ailment that the jab is causing, whether it's myocarditis or other types of things. You can pass it on. So there's a guy named Brian who is he runs a thing called COVID blog. And he started a website called uh, non-vaccinated dating. And you can reach him at non-vaccinated dating at proton.me non-vaccinated dating at proton.me. Let me read what he says. 
He said, hey, it's Brian. This guy is very sharp, by the way. If, if you can find the COVID blog, you ought to subscribe to it, and it'll come right there on your email. Uh, this guy is uh, he's brighter than the average duck. It's Brian, he says, founder of COVID Legal USA and editor-in-chief of the COVID blog. We're up to 650 potential users working towards the goal of 1,000 for our non-vaccinated dating website. The goal is to hopefully have something live around the holidays so everyone can perhaps find someone to talk to and connect with over Thanksgiving and Christmas. Bottom line is that all of us have to be more open to different types and locations. For instance, I split the plane ticket to fly in into me a liberal non-vaccinated woman from Germany a couple weekends ago for a date. It didn't work out. But that's the type of effort necessary to even date for non-vaccinated people in 2023. Don't know whether you're, some of you out there may be vaccinated, some non. But that's, you know, for all you married folks, you're pretty squared away if both of you are the same. But for those of folks that are still looking for partners, it's added another barrier to hook up. Brian says eight of ten American women are vaxxed. It's 9 of 10 in Canada, Australia, Norway, France, Portugal, Ireland, and many other Western countries. It takes extra effort these days to find yourself a match. Please send your name, social media links, and or some other way for our AI bots to confirm you are a real person and to screen you to determine you are likely non-vaccinated and send it to the following address that I just mentioned, which I'll mention one more time. Also, also, please pass on the email address with anyone you think might be interested in uh, using this uh, dating uh, medium. So it's non-vaccinated dating, common spelling, at proton.me. So I thought that was cool. And, uh, you know, uh, all the complications that the poisonous jab has caused... Uh, if you're still living from it and you're not completely debilitated and you're thinking like, gee, I thought I was hoping I'd find a partner and settle down and get married, have some children, et cetera, et cetera. But all of a sudden there's now all these new complications going on. So um, anyway, just thought I'd leave that with you and just think about it for a second. So I wanted to also mention, I, I uh, have to jump around here because I couldn't get some of these things cut and pasted so this is the covid blog i'm looking at you can go to the covidblog.com if you want to find it for the very first time uh, brian is a researcher and if you you know sometimes you hear things uh, out on the internet and and then eventually you find out oh it actually wasn't exactly like that i believe this guy does enough research that his stuff is pretty squared away He says, one thing is crystal clear. The COVID blog provides you truth that mainstream media and government will affirm a year or two after we report it. The New York Times, citing daily from the U.S., citing data from the CDC, reported on July 17th that the official so-called COVID-19 death numbers are probably an exaggeration. That's a quote from the, uh, the New York Times. They admitted, the Times, that at least one-third of reported COVID deaths, these aren't shot deaths, these are deaths from the flu symptoms, 
At least one-third of the COVID deaths weren't really from COVID. It's a partial mea culpa, in other words, apology or backtracking, considering that well over 90% of so-called COVID deaths were, are, not COVID deaths, as we chronicled back in February of 2021, over two years ago. Regardless, the powers that be know that there's a diehard population of vax zealots and educated people willing to be manipulated to their deaths. Survey after survey shows that people with college degrees are far more likely to receive vaccines and boosters. This group is also known as known for belittling and insulting uneducated people for not receiving lethal gene therapies at very high rates. Maybe you'll see why I like this guy. The powers that be want only 500 million people left on the earth. Now, you think I came up with that, right? And I'm, I'm exaggerated and I'm full of baloney. I'm just, I'm, listen, people, I'm smarter than you give me credit for. The powers that be want only 500 million people left on the earth by the end of 2030. We're fast approaching it, baby. At least 35% of Americans will happily vax themselves and their children to death, given the opportunity. Millions of educated parents are about to give their babies yet another injection, the AstraZeneca Sanofi Respiratory Syncytial Virus, or RSV, vaccines that were approved by the U.S. Drug Administration, etc., on January, July 17th. I fear I'm, don't do it. I'm just going to leave it at that. The fear-mongering campaigns are highly effective among the educated and liberals. The push to wipe out refuseniks will come in due course. The powers that be are exterminating the low-hanging fruit while getting uh, the getting is good. They'll deal with the anti-vaxxers in the second genocide after 2025. Uh, okay. Now. Uh, let me just move on down here. The new mainstream media fear-mongering propaganda is triple-demic. They started using the term regularly late last month. It appears to be creation of a newly appointed CDC director, Dr. Mandy Cohen. She took uh, Rochelle Walensky's spot. She was another corrupt liar. Um, there's also a new Fauci. Uh, and uh, they say that her name is Jean Marazzo, was named head of his agency. Uh, she co-founded the Lesbian Bisexual Women's Health Study at the University of Washington in 1995. Marazzo has been the director of University of Alabama School of Medicine Infectious Disease Division since 2016. She loves masks. She just loves masks, just wears those masks. And... Uh, the triple-demic propaganda is simple. Get MRA boosters, flu shots, and RSV shots now, or you will die by Christmas. CNN published articles late last month urging people to stock up on COVID-19 tests and provide, and they provided tips on how to replace and or preserve your vaccine card. Listen, baby, this hasn't gone away. Here we go. All of this is due to the favorite ABV excuse, climate change. More on that in a second. We must note that Dr. Cohen and Dr. Walensky are from the same Zionist tribe, Jewish tribes. You and everyone else are not allowed to speak about it in any way. This blogger is anti-Semitic. 
Do you hear what he said? This blogger is anti-Semitic, according to the mainstream media. He didn't say he was. He said, according to mainstream media. They use this label, despite this blogger working closely with Israeli youth on various issues since 2010. It reminds me of Yuba County Health Department went after me and cited in five places on a restraining order that somehow I was uh, joining the Asian prejudice in, in attacking Asians because I went after Dr. Fong Lu, a Vietnamese woman, in spite of the fact that I've been for 20 years, I've been spending a lot of time and not millions of dollars, but a good chunk of a million dollars in Vietnam on helping people. But uh, that's what they do. They just throw you into the bus and other people don't know what what to believe. So uh, anyway, uh, he's he writes uh, another article that they have our COVID-19 injections, the ethno bomb Israel began developing in the late 1990s. This guy can really write. So I uh, have have you been wondering about Jamie Foxx? You, you know, Jamie Foxx, the actor. Uh, Jamie Foxx uh, is sick. Do you know that? And and uh, it's the same way with the football player that dropped dead on the field and they revived him. There's just a lot of uh, uh, wrong information being put out about these people. Jamie Foxx is now canceled because supposedly he's anti-Semitic. So Brian says, we're still trying to figure out who this white dude is. It's a picture of Jamie Foxx, but he isn't black anymore. His skin is almost like uh, a real light color, like a melt color. He said, we're trying to figure out the picture of this white dude is uh, that's, that's passed off as actor Jamie Foxx on July 21. Mr. Foxx is paralyzed. I want you to think about this now. He's a vaxxer. Paralyzed and blind after severe post-injection stroke. That makes him the biggest or the highest pro- profile vaccine casualty this side of Wendy Williams and Celine Dion. Further, even the normiest of normies are getting suspicious regarding the, the Jamie of uh, the Jamie Foxx propaganda. When all this fails, the, the powers that be, they play the anti-Semitic card. Jamie Foxx allegedly posted the following on Instagram, said they killed this dude named Jesus. What do you think they'll do to you? And then Jamie had to, like a lot of people, he had to go apologize since everybody got concerned that maybe he was talking about Jewish folks. Uh, anyway, uh, Jamie Foxx is in bad shape. And, uh, and then he, they write about Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston defends cutting ties with unvaccinated friends. In other words, oh, you're the plague. And it's so hilarious because they're the ones that are going to die and are given given the illness to every Every other buddy, every other people. All right, I'm just going down here and picking up some of the high points. They, they show a real picture of Jamie Foxx. I'm talking about the dude's black, like Obama black, not like black African black, but uh, mixture, right? So uh, then they go on. Uh, let me just see if there's anything else here to. There's all kinds of people they list here dying of COVID. Celebrities, Celine Dion's one. Uh, she's basically all kinds of people are canceling their rock shows and they're all uh, they're all people that have done the wrong thing. They just got themselves the wrong thing. I'm just scrolling down here to see if there's any more. Uh, OK, post more post injection sports injuries. ABV 
And let's see, Bronny James. You remember Bronny James? I talked to him, talked to him uh, about him last week. He was released from the hospital on July 27. He suffered a cardiac arrest while practicing at USC on July 24. Uh, okay. But there's on and on. It's just uh, people all over the place, young people. Middle-aged people, old people are dropping dead and getting sick left and right. Bronny James' sudden cardiac arrest illuminates the dangers for black basketball players. Now it's a racist thing. So anyway, there's all these twists. Uh, Shane Warren, 52-year-old Australian cricket icon, tells world, get vaccinated and learn to live with it. You may not know who Shane Warren is, W-A-R-N-E. He suffered a heart attack and dropped dead on March 6, 2022, after being a big spokesperson. And I mentioned last week about, um, oh, come on, where's his, his name is Mr. Shaka Hislop. He's a former Newcastle United, that's UK, goalkeeper and current ESPN soccer analyst, 54-year-old collapse right on TV. You can look at it. It's, uh, it's, it went viral. He's a big, tall fella, strapping fellow, and uh, he was talking to this short co-host getting ready for a Pasadena, California uh, preseason uh, match against Real Madrid against AC Milan, and he just was talking, 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 and all of a sudden he was bobbing and weaving and just fell over like a tree. Boom! Fell right into his partner. So he he went down, and there's just, a, there's just tons of them. I mean, you know... The media is not going to highlight this, so you think, oh, well, that's weird. Oh, that's weird. Oh, that's weird. When are you going to, like, get a clue? When are you going to get a clue? Uh, I'm just I'm just picking. I'm hesitating because I'm just picking and choosing which ones I'm going to talk to you about because I can't do all of them. Grant Wall, 48-year-old vaxxed American sports journalist, collapses and dies at the World Cup. LGBTV blamed the Cutter government for the alleged they murdered him. They said, oh, they murdered him, Grant Wall. Uh, so, in fact, I think Grant Wall's brother, I think he has a twin brother, and his brother was over there watching when when Grant dropped dead. Clara Pfeffer, 33-year-old German television presenter, suffers strange dizzy spell on live TV after promoting curfews and lockdowns and... and uh, Want to lock down the non-vaccinated. Don't let them have any freedom because they won't go along. So, uh, anyhow, that's that. Those those are some people. There's just uh, all right. I'm gonna just leave this. And oh, here's another one. I actually I was gonna play a clip. Here's another one. Sheena Sheila Oliver was the lieutenant governor to Phil Murphy in New Jersey since January 2018. She's black. Sheila Oliver. Nice picture of her. Pretty lady. She was serving as acting governor beginning on July 28 when Murphy's family traveled to Italy for vacation. Few details are available. Miss Oliver was rushed to a hospital on July 31 due to an undisclosed medical condition. She was pronounced dead. On August 1, that means she collapsed and died from sudden cardiac arrest. She was, uh, she, she doesn't look 71. She looks really nice. Said she was 71, but uh, she took the jab. 
uh, shows her here getting the jab and just being so proud of it and showing her card. We're going to be right back. we got the uh, third segment coming up right now. Come from the cities and they come from the smaller towns. They beat up cars with guitars and drummers go and crack, boom, bam. R-O-C-K in the USA. R-O-C-K in the USA. R-O-C-K in the USA. Yeah, yeah. Rockin' in the USA. The pop rims in the heads and very little money in the hands. Some all black and some all white. And they ain't too proud to sleep on the floor tonight. We close tonight with the story of a life spent making a difference. As we told you last night, Jaime Escalante died yesterday. He was the legendary teacher immortalized in the film Stand and Deliver. He took on the students that others had given up on, tough, poor kids from East L.A. He showed them how to excel and how to deliver. His story tonight from NBC's George Lewis. To watch Jaime Escalante at Garfield High was to witness a master motivator at work. Telling inner city students you can succeed if you have the desire. In Spanish, ganas. The key word over here. And ganas means determination, discipline, hard work. We need students with ganas. His students from a poor Latino crime-ridden neighborhood noted for failing schools consistently scored well in the advanced placement calculus exam. But in a controversy depicted in the movie Stand and Deliver, test administrators couldn't believe the results and accused 18 of Escalante's kids of cheating. Escalante, played by Edward James Olmos. Those scores would have never been questioned if my kids did not have Spanish surnames and come from barrio schools, you know that! When his students retook the test and did better the second time around, Escalante became a hero. He's not going to let you down. If you have the desire, if you have the ganas, he'll be there 24-7 for you. In 1991, six of his former calculus students landed summer jobs at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. One of them, Thomas Valdez, is there today, working on fuel cell technology. I think Escalante actually put that uh, spark in me that made me really want to become a, a scientist. A function of, let's say, K, right? Another Escalante student, Erica Camacho, whose parents were janitors, got a Ph.D. in calculus and is now teaching at Arizona State University. The impact that he had in my life and in the life of all his other students is like a domino effect. It's not going to stop here. It's going to go through many generations and it's going to impact a lot of people. And there you have the true legacy of Jaime Escalante, a whole lot of former students who overcame the odds. Dr. Charles Morgan, former CIA and consultant for the U.S. military on neurological sciences, spoke to cadets at West Point in 2018 about the current state of technology. He briefed the cadets on experiments from 2013 where humans were given neural implants that allowed them to control prosthetic arms with their thoughts. Experiments where one person can control another person's hands by just wearing an EEG cap. 
The person on the receiving end described the sensation as rather odd, said I didn't know anything until I saw my hand beginning to move. But the really fun part was that you're taking over somebody else's physical body with the mind of another human. So what do you think would be the next step? Experiments where information is transmitted from one mind to another and experiments where memories are erased. Dr. Morgan admits they have the technology to target an individual person. But you can engineer anything. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world. And are working on the ability to erase the memories of any human they choose. Their biggest challenge five years ago was being able to interface with the hippocampus without the use of physical wires. And this is most likely one of the motivating factors for the deployment of the experimental COVID shots. Using dark field microscopy, Dr. Anna Maria Mihalcia has captured in great detail what the scientific literature describes as effective technologies that exist today. Technology such as quantum dots, Quantum dots are nanotechnology with the ability to organize, operate, communicate, and build structures within the blood. They do so with a tunable photoluminescence that can be programmed to dictate various tasks via optical communication. The description and images displayed in the scientific literature compared to what Mihalcia's dark field microscopy has captured are the same. You can see the quantum dots blinking in different colors, acting as the artificial intelligence directing the self-assembly around them. Bubbles are created within the blood that act as construction sites. Within these construction bubbles, the quantum dots organize the various materials into self-assembly. These technologies are being found in both the blood of the vaccinated and in the blood of the unvaccinated. Depending on what materials are needed, the quantum dots will trigger them into self-assembly. The COVID vaccines are full of rare and heavy metals to make all manner of nanotechnology. But it seems as if almost everyone is infected with some sort of nanotech. According to several research teams, everyone's blood seems to contain the materials required to produce the filaments and the latticework for this technology. Blood samples that appear to be healthy have been completely transformed by applying a mere 10 milliamps of electric current for two hours. And it looks as if we may have been infected by the chemtrails. Morgellons disease was first reported in 2002. It's when synthetic fibers or filaments are growing in a person's body. It has been theorized for decades that this was being spread via chemtrails. And under a microscope, it appears to be the same filaments that people today are calling blood clots and what the scientific journals call self-assembled hydrogels. According to Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org, nanoparticles are being sprayed worldwide. The good news is that Dr. Mielcia's research has found a remedy. The iron in the infected blood has been oxidized to a three-plus state. And by taking antioxidants, one is able to dissolve these filament clots. She has found that EDTA chelation therapy will remedy infected blood within three days. And megadosing vitamin C also seems to work. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
for we have indoor plumbing and turlets inside there it's what a what a benefit is in the middle of the night it's freezing cold or the, the middle of the night it's smoking hot and you don't want to run outside to use the turlet outside so all these indoor plumbing things every once in a while they malfunction and brother it's a big problem so we called various people unless you know how to do it but sometimes you're busy you're at work you can't get over there and it needs to be done right now water's running out on the floor running out of the house or you got a geyser blowing out of the ground or there's a plug up in your sewage or the water lines broke coming into the house just stuff it just it's not complicated but it's complicated so what one group to that supports us here and is actually it's they're kind of a uh they're a uh you know there's not many businesses in our community that are over 40 years old 50 years old i mean it's amazing and sir they're iconic in yuba sutter counties and they not only serve yuba sutter counties but they they branched out into butte nevada calusa and over into a little bit of placer county and what we call lincoln they're called thrifty rooter and so you can check them out at thriftyrooter.net because they do lots of various things. They're just not an urban plumber. They're urban, suburban, and rural plumber. In other words, they can go out there where you don't have any sewage systems. You don't have any water system. You've got to provide all that yourself. And you have to have a septic tank, and you have to have a pump, a well, and you have to have all your own stuff, right? Thrifty Rooter can handle all that, and you can see all the list of things they can do for you at thriftyrooter.net. If, if you ever see the trucks and say, I wonder if they do this. I wonder if they do that. Well, you can take the wonder out of your thinking by going to thriftyrooter.net. Or you can just dial them up old school and ask them a question. 530-673-8201, 673-8201. Actually, off the, the website, I've looked at it many times. You can look at the website. You can type in your name your address, your phone number, and what you want, and just hit click or go. And it will go over there, and it'll just the same as a phone call, except you're telling them what you think you need. And they'll get right on it. People tell me they get there awful fast, and uh, that's impressive. Because a lot of times you call contractors and you never get a call back. Or they say, I'm coming, and they don't come. But Thrifty Rooter answers the phone, they answer the emails, and they actually respond. Then there's a lady that every once in a while, she'll text me in the middle of the night and says, why don't you go to bed? And that is Nellie Garcia, who's also working in the middle of the night for her clients at North Valley Paralegal because she's not just an 8-to-4 girl or 9-to-4. She gets it on, and she just presses into the night and, and to stay ahead of the flurry so when day comes, she's got it all dialed in. So North Valley Paralegal in Yuba City can serve all your legal needs better, cheaper, uh, lots cheaper than attorneys. And she knows her way around the Yuba Sutter area and even out into the, the uh, adjacent counties. So she's in Yuba City at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard right across from the Sutter County Sheriff's Department. Just a heartbeat off of Highway 20 north on Civic Center Boulevard. She's in 202A. That's a sweet number, 202A. And uh, I would uh, suggest you just dial her up and uh, leave a message or dial her up and and chat out her. Say, can I have an appointment and just 
uh, roll over there so it's efficient for you and efficient for her. The number is 530-751-9289-751-9289. So this week, I just wanted to mention there's a, I, I attend a church in Yuba City called the Church of Glad Tidings, and we're having a big work day Saturday. And in and ahead of that, I've been talking to my friend John Law with Law Painting, John Law Painting, L-A-W, J-O-N, L-A-W Painting, John Law Painting, or Law's Painting. And I said, because John and I have worked on painting out graffiti for, it seems like, decades. John does the heavy lifting. I kind of coordinate where the, where the problems are. And John coordinates teams uh, of all kinds of people to get the job done. And I mentioned a railroad building that's about, oh, 10 feet by 20 feet right on the side of the road out Live Oak Boulevard. And it's just terrible because the railroad doesn't really pay much attention to it. It's kind of a utility building sitting right on the side of the road in the railroad property. It's their building. But taggers come along, just tag it, and, of course, it just gets worse and worse and worse. So I said, John, it would be great if you could, since it's tagging and we work together on tagging, could you, could you spray that building and then give us extra paint, and we'll, when there's tagging, we'll, uh, we'll do the touch-up. So today I got this wonderful text. Boom! couple photos, and it's all painted, beautiful gray color. And uh, I want to just give a shout-out to John Law. If you need a good painter, John Law is a good painter. And uh, let me see if I can just pull up his uh, phone number for you, and you can give him a shout-out. And um, let me give you his phone number. He would appreciate this, and you can say you heard it on the show, and uh, that'll make him feel good because he, be- he beautifies the community for no charge. Uh, but uh, if, you could, if you'll hire him to do your building, whether it's a commercial building, residential, or whatever you have, uh, he get, he's competitive. He's a, and he does a great job. Five three zero six eight two nine four five two. Five three zero six eight two nine four five two. And that's John Law. And uh, you just tell him you heard about it on uh, Lou's show. No, he may not even know the name of this show. No hostages radio. But he he will know me. And uh, you just tell him he, you heard about him painting out the railroad building and cleaning it up, which made it all look good. So right, the Church of Glad Tidings is right across the street, and I was trying to paint up the neighborhood to make it all look better so people won't want to trash it. So, uh, okay, let me get back to business here. And um, so I'm going to jump off that COVID blog stuff, but I I hope you, uh, a lot of these connections I give you, I'm hoping you'll follow up on them because, then you don't have to rely on me for every little bit of information that that you'd like to have. So this is a uh, an article from the uh, oh no I can't even remember what it's from uh, the Gateway Pundit. Sorry, I I have a brain freeze on there. It's called the or Gateway Pundit P U N D I T Pundit the Gateway Pundit. It's a great website. And uh, great articles, fresh articles every single day. So it says, now we have the proof, he says. The Gateway Pundit exclusive. Massive 2020 voter fraud uncovered in Michigan, including estimated 800,000 ballot applications sent to non-qualified voters. Bags of prepaid gift cards, guns and silencers, burner phones and Democrat-funded 
organ and a Democrat funded organization with multiple temporary facilities in several states. So if you're listening to mainstream news, you're probably confused about was there election steal or wasn't there election steal? And the mainstream news said it was an honest election. It's just like the Soviet Union used to say every election here is honest election. Ninety eight percent voted for the for the, our, our winner. I, I texted a friend of mine in Saigon, Vietnam today, and I don't know that he was. Uh, let me just see if he responded, because I my question to him was, do you guys vote in Vietnam? And he read it, but he hasn't responded. He may be nervous about responding, although we we have a pretty secure channel because you can get put in prison if you say the wrong thing over there, Uh, although the soccer gals probably think it's a better country than U.S. So the fact is that the election was stolen in every single community. Hear what I'm saying? And wherever the election uh, fraud has been uncovered by experts like guys like Dr. Douglas Frank, who was just here over the weekend and spoke uh, for Freedom Coalition. And we'll post that. Hopefully we'll get it posted in this week sometime at freedomco.net. It's about a two-hour talk, freedomco.net. And whether or not it's up there when you go there, I I hope you start going there because we're posting things on that site every single week on about 10 different topics so you're not just seeing the same thing from uh, from the spring to the summer to the fall to the winter. You're not saying the same thing. We're, we're constantly bringing new things because things are changing every single day, right? So what happened is um, there's a big breakout, and they're trying to cover. Oh, let me just say this. Doug Frank, you remember when Pennsylvania called in some experts to sort out the election? The, their legislature did. And they found hundreds of thousands of uh, votes were misapplied. And Doug Frank was a part of that investigation. He's a physicist. He is a math genius. And uh, I I don't want to take the time to go through all his credentials. You're probably uh, not going to care anyway. You'll probably, if you don't like him, you don't like him. Doesn't matter what he is. Even if he's Jesus, you wouldn't like him. So um, anyway, uh, Doug Frank thought, hey, this we found the truth, just like opening somebody up and dis- and thinking they got cancer and you find it. Yep, got cancer. Let's deal with it. He thought, oh, problem solved. We're going to deal with it. And what they did is they buried it. The legislature looked the other way. And after, after they agreed, they saw it. They agreed with the, what they saw. They, they buried it. And he realized that we can't correct the election fraud from the top down. You'd think, oh, the judges. Oh, we'll talk to a judge. He will be honest. He will agree with us. Oh, we'll talk to a senator. Oh, we'll talk to the head of the Senate. We'll talk to the D- Department of Justice. We'll talk to the FBI. All these people are corrupt. And so uh, anyway, uh, on October 8, 2020, only one month before the 2020 election, in Michigan, the Muskegon city clerk and Mish noticed a black female dropping off between 8,000 and 10,000 completed register, reg, voter registration applications at the city clerk's office. Did that, would that get your attention, baby? The Muskegon Police Department was contacted and asked to investigate. The next day, 
not the next day, but about two months later, the 21st of October. Oh, sorry, uh, same month, 21st. First Lieutenant Mike Anderson was contacted by Tom Favis, Chief of Investigations of Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel's office. According to the state police report, Fabus asked the Michigan police assistance with a joint investigation of alleged voter fraud being conducted by Muskegon Police Department and AG. Task force was formed and investigation was initiated. Now, at the end of this talk today, there's a clip of uh, a gal that's uh, an attorney that's getting uh, thrown under the bus by the government of Michigan because she's exposing evil there. Now, check this out. Uh, The Muskegon clerk became suspicious when the female hand-delivered thousands of voters registration to her office, many of them in the same handwriting. I won't go through all the details because I don't think you care about Michigan. The bottom line is they kept investigating. The FBI was tried to be brought in. They tried to cover it up. The Michigan state people tried to cover it up. The Michigan state police investigator assigned to the case spoke with a female suspect who explained that she was being paid $1,150 a week to find unregistered voters and provide them with a form so that they can get registered to vote or obtain the absentee ballot. The only problem is the handwriting on the voter registrations was the same on several of the registrations and many of the addresses didn't even exist or were just fake. However, the Attorney General, Dana Nessel, who is corrupt, is now prosecuting. Uh, and I'm going to skip that part. She is trying to smug, uh, smother or cover up the truth of what's going on. Two members of Dana Nessel's criminal investigation division were assigned to the operation, yet curiously she failed to mention the investigation to the public. Never did come up to the public. She didn't announce, oh, we're investigating. There's a problem. To this day, Dana Nessel still claim that there was no evidence of widespread voter fraud in Michigan, despite the fact that she knew her office and the office of her friend Michigan's crooked Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson were involved in the, the Michigan State Police with the police in a large-scale investigation that took place across the state before they were uh, taken over by the FBI. All these people are corrupt. We're talking 100,000 votes. The evidence of this investigation exposes criminal election fraud involving thousands of fraudulent ballots in Michigan by an organization that set up temporary offices in, uh, in Michigan and in several swing states. I'm looking for the name. It's like GBI. Where's GBI? I want to tell you the GBI is run by a guy named uh, like Rob Bell or something like GBI Strategies. And uh, I'm trying to look for the name that that stands for, GBI Strategies. Anyway, uh, they set up. Now, the interesting thing, do you remember another uh, election? It was down in Alabama, I think. Remember Judge Roy Moore? Judge Roy Moore. And he was running against a guy named Doug Jones back in 2013. And uh, the police report down in Alabama uh, 
They revealed that GPI strategies had been in operation since 2014, and the investigation found that GPI strategies was paid $1,571,386 by Doug Jones for Senate. He was a liberal running for Senate, and Roy Moore ran against him, and GBI strategies would get paid per ballot that they could deliver for Doug Jones, like $4,500, $1,500 a ballot, right? They'd just tell, he'd say, how, much, how, many, how many votes you need? GBI strategies would take that and turn it into votes. So Roy Moore lost to Doug Jones. However, in 2020, Jones was finally defeated by a conservative named Tom Tuberville. The investigations also found GBI Strategies was paid 188000 by Democrat Senatorial Committee in 2018. On and on I go. So what, what uh, uh, Doug Frank, the scientist, said is that NGOs, if that's a new term to you, that's non-government organizations or non-profits, have been getting millions of dollars, and they just come up with ballots and submitted on your behalf, and the and they vote in your name. Employees at GBI Strategies were paid fifteen dollars an hour or one hundred and twenty dollars a day. There's lots of they, they have a lot of photographs of the actual court documents here. I, I'm not going to take time to try to read them all to you. I don't think they're going to make any. I'm just telling you that there is egregious mass corruption in every state in the union every state uh doug frank said over the weekend here that he's been in 800 counties now that might sound like a lot there's actually 3,000 counties plus 3,100 3,000 almost 100 anyway over 3,000 in the united states but he's been in 800 counties and he's visited with many legislators, legislatures to look at at these various states situations like major ones you've heard of Georgia, Pennsylvania. His comment was that there's not one clean state voting in the union. There's nothing clean. And there's no conservative out there. There's no conservative legislator. It doesn't matter. He says Wyoming is the most conservative state in the union by registration, and they are all screwed up over there. So there's stuff going on, and I bring this up because we're going to be doing some searching right here in Yuba Sutter counties and maybe up in Nevada County. Nearly three years Later, it says President Trump faces multiple prosecutions because he fraudulently supposedly pursued baseless claims of voter fraud, according to prosecutors and mainstream media. Trump won Michigan in 2016 by 15,000 vote, but suspiciously lost to Biden by 150,000 four years later, 10 times, not even 10 times. He won by 15. Then, in other words, that's a reversal of 165,000 votes. Anyway, I I can't even, 16 Trump president, anyway, it goes on and on and on. Police report names, GB strategies as the organization engaged in what the report suggests is widespread, systematic voter fraud in multiple locations around the state. The Tennessee group is heavily involved in the Biden campaign and various Democrat on and on and on it goes. Got problems, people. And I'll tell you, let me just tell you about our local uh, county clerks and I'll, I'll... 
just say we have we have Yuba Sutter counties. I'm sitting right on the border. Both county clerks are clueless. They claim they run a, a good election. They have no idea what a good election. They're getting ripped off in the computers, and they don't even know how to spell computer. They deny there's any problems because the state okays their ballot count. But the state is crooked here in California. It's crooked all the way across the United States. We'll be right back. We're halfway through the show. So much press, John, so much press. Billions, they say, frankly, billions of dollars. Can you believe this? <laughs> billions of free press. I said, keep it coming. We're going to jail. Even if he goes to jail, he'll make it cool, right? <laughs> We're going to jail, right? Nobody goes to jail like I do. El Chapo couldn't do it that quick. He couldn't do it that quick. <laughs> Al Capone took him so long, even Winona Ryder, that sad fat pig. She couldn't do it like me. No, we're going to make jail so great, John. Joining me now, we're going to switch gears, go back to some of these scandals. The great Peter Schweitzer, president of the Government Accountability Institute. Peter, welcome back to the show. It's been way too long. Uh, I know you're covering the Biden uh, scandal story. Hardly anybody else is. We are on this program quite a bit, and we all love reading you in, in Breitbart. First of all, I guess it's an easy question. Devin Archer blew up Joe Biden's defense. So we know that now. Is that without be, you know, beyond the shadow of a doubt? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Devin Archer, who was really the most important partner for Hunter Biden, other than his father in this venture, in, in this venture explicitly said uh, that Joe Biden was an active participant in this business. The, the you know, the call uh, to Washington, D.C., where Hunter called with the Burisma executives to call to his father to have the prosecutor hired. So it's changed the game completely. And as we hear from other people that were part of this enterprise going forward, people like Aaron, Eric Schwer, and I think the news is going to get even worse for the Bidens. Well, that's uh, you took the words right out of my mouth, Eric Schwerin. So he was like the business manager or something. He was involved in all these investment funds. So the reports um, circulating, he went to the White House or the vice president's uh, house, I don't know, 25 times, 35 times, I don't know. He, he, he prepped by, I mean, it's circumstantial evidence. He may have prepped Biden before the dinners uh, at uh, Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C., where they, they had, as you know, Peter, by the way, from uh, Devin Archer, it wasn't just one dinner. There were actually two dinners uh, with favor seekers and influence peddlers that Joe Biden showed up for. So what's this guy swearing? Who is he and what's his role in this? And where do you think that's going to lead? Well, I would say if Devin Arch was the architect, the sort of adult supervision on how to structure this, Eric Schwerin was the money guy. If you look at the laptop, Larry, Eric Schwerin is not only talking to Hunter Biden about moving money around, about Hunter's taxes, about Hunter's expenses. He's also talking about Vice President Joe Biden's finances mm -hmm. uh, and getting bills paid. So he's the one where all the flows of money meet. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, the news that I have is that Schwerin had a falling out with Hunter Biden over personal reasons. Uh, the chairman of the Oversight Committee, Congressman Comer, has said that Schwerin is cooperating. So I think this is going to be the next important step before they eventually bring Hunter Biden in to testify. And the other point I would make, Larry, is we have to make sure, I've kind of said this from the beginning, yes, this is about corruption, but there is a huge national security intelligence component to this. The three Chinese businessmen that brought Hunter Biden all of his deals in China that total some $30 million, each and every one of those businessmen who's named in the laptop was business partners or connected to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. So we should be thinking not just about quid pro quos, what Joe Biden was doing. We need to be thinking about the fact that Chinese businessmen were steering tens of millions of dollars to Hunter Biden. He was providing no discernible service in return. And each one of those businessmen has ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. We need to think about it in that context as well. Peter Schweitzer, how much do you think these Chinese communist intel connections with all the pay-for-play money. How much has this compromised American foreign policy uh, with China by Joe Biden and his administration? How much? I think hugely. I mean, look, if you base it on the laptop and the suspicious activity report transfers uh, that have been released, they've received, the Bidens released some $31 million from these three Chinese businessmen, one of them, Che Feng, when he was setting up Hunter Biden on that BHR private equity deal, he was business partners at the same time with the vice minister, vice minister for state security in China. His job was recruiting foreign nationals to spy for China. Mm. Uh, Henry Zhao wired $5 million to Hunter Biden. At the same time, he was business partners with the family of the former minister of state security who ran the entire spy apparatus in China. And in fact, the $5 million wired to Hunter Biden came from a business called Harvest that this intelligence family was invested in. And then the CEFC energy deal, uh, Larry, Chairman Yi, before Chairman Yi took up that position, remember, he provided some $6 million to the Bidens. Before he took this energy position, he ran an organization that our government has said for more than a decade, mm. an organization is a front for the military intelligence apparatus in China. Wow. So this is a massive, massive problem. And the question remains, what were they being paid to do? Indeed. So people are stealing stuff left and right. We're in our fourth segment of six. People are stealing stuff left and right. They're just going into stores, picking up stuff, hauling it off. Nobody's doing anything about it. So there's a viral video going around about this black guy who went into a 7-Eleven and just started scooping, just taking his arm and sweeping stuff off the shelf into a garbage bag that's in a plastic uh, big garbage can. And he's going to just take the whole garbage can with him. So everybody keeps talking around. I'm like, what are you going to do about it? Call the police. Oh, no, don't worry about it. They, they won't come. Da, da, da. Won't make any difference. Da, da, da. So, and finally, they did a takedown on the dude. And, they, and another guy grabbed a, a broomstick or something. 
or a pole, small pole, and started beating the guy's legs. Now, the, um, I don't know if it's Stockton or Fresno. I have an article about it on my notes here. Uh, the government is investigating the guys working for 7-Eleven instead of the guy that got beat up. It's unbelievable. So if you need help keeping your stuff, your stuff, you need to call Elite Universal Security. That's Monty Hecker over here. And uh, they're here in Yuba County as their headquarters, but they they have projects going out all over Northern California, all the way up to the Oregon border. And they're trying to prevent people from doing this kind of thing, walking in and running amok where, wherever it is, walking out of restaurants where they're not paying, walking in and sweeping an entire aisle clean of items, uh, walking out with bicycles and compressors and all the stuff. And what we have in California is complete lawlessness. So if you need some help, either at your home, uh, we got people just walking into homes and stealing stuff, people going in and getting people's garages and taking their stuff. Uh, so Elite Universal Security, you can reach them at 530-749-0280. Once again, 749-0280. You can call night or day, any day of the week. They have a dispatch center there. If you want to go to either, they're looking for workers. They got so much work. So many people are just getting run over by lawless folks. And uh, what's helping us is occasionally people are shooting people and eliminating them, uh, eliminating some of the problem. Or it's getting the attention of folks. So it, I'm glad this thing went viral, uh, beating this guy up. I mean, they didn't beat his head in, but they they uh, maybe they put a little bit of the fear of God in him. I don't know. So the, the other night when uh, Doug Frank was speaking uh, for the Freedom Coalition and talking about the condition of America and elections being stolen, and he just said, you know, we we've become a, a country uh of people with no spaldings and so what we do when anything happens anything we notice we hear something weird uh we see something weird we call 911 it used to be people would just take matters into their own hands and they would stop whatever's going on and doug frank was saying people need to take care of themselves and so we need to. We need to stop people from taking, just like these guys did at the 7-Eleven store. They took control of that dude, and that's all it took to put, put him on the ground. So um, you can get help from Elite Universal Security by calling 530-749-0280, or you could go to work for them if you want, if you need some extra money, because things, have you noticed things are expensive? You go to throw a few things in your grocery basket, and it's 30 or $40 just at the bottom gnarly so check it out uh, they can also help you with how to handle a gun how to handle all the chemical sprays how to shoot they could take you to the range how to get all your licenses if you want to get a license to pack that thing special so check it out um also wanted to mention greenest construction these guys are doing the amazing kitchens and baths i'm just going to tell you a couple places to go look at their work if you're having any consideration of spending a lot of money, it takes a lot of money to overhaul a kitchen or a bath. So don't spend unwisely and make sure that when you're done, you're totally stoked about it and you don't get negatively surprised. So go to Greenets, G-R-E-E-N, the color, at E-T-Z, GreenettsConstruction.com, or you could go to Dave Greenets Construction, the Facebook page, 
Or you could dial him up, 530-682-9602, 682-9602. You can text or call that. But the cool thing is if you go to those sites and you like what you see, you can send him a message if you have a question. You could, like, say, how, how soon can you get to it? How soon could you give me an idea or a bid? Can you come by and look? Can you do this? Can you do that? You could shoot him a little message. You don't even have to dial him up. You can do it in the middle of the night when you can't sleep. So one thing I can tell you about this company is they're the best that you're going to, you're not going to be surprised. Uh, you're not going to be blown away. Like I can't believe, uh, you know, I didn't think it was going to look like this. <laughs> you're going to think, Whoa, this is amazing. So uh, if you want to, and, and what really seals the deal is you're looking at the work they do and you could do a little photo tour and check it out. Decide for yourself. Okay, so what's happening is around the country, guys like Doug Frank are, are going and trying to help citizens committees on how they can fix their county. Now, listen, I don't have any fantasies about fixing Sacramento. I don't have any fantasies about having any impact on Washington, D.C. I do think we can have an impact on Yuba Sutter. We have two uh, clerks, one in each county. Uh, it, it, people say, oh, they're both named Donna. Their first names are Donna. Oh, I love Donna. You know something, folks, we need to get beyond we love Donna or we love George or we know, loves, love Sam, right? The supervisor, whatever. We need to get down to the fact of do the, are they doing a job that is supporting the Constitution, supporting the Republic, and is honest, my feeling, and I'm pretty close to the situation in Yuba, Sutter County, is that the Sutter County clerks have no idea what's going on with the elections. They're doing what the government tells them to do, but the government is flipping the votes right under their nose, and they won't let you look at it. They won't acknowledge it. They look the other way. Doug Frank says, and you're going to hear it. I'm, just, I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to tell you this. Doug Frank, listen to the clip where he says not one clerk. He's been to 800 counties. Not one clerk in the United States. They all say, oh, the machines are like perfect. That You can't violate them. They're not connected to the Internet. He says, I have a device here. I can just walk next to your device, next to your a machine and I will this device will tell you how it's connected to the internet and no one will allow him to do that you know why they don't want to know they don't want to know it's it's fraudulent going on and the the elections in Yuba Sutter and Nevada County and all the other counties of the 58 counties in California have been corrupted I'm not saying that Donna and Donna are corrupt it's interesting to me. They brag when they run for office. Oh, I've done this job for 20 years. I've done this job for 30 years. That's a def that's not a, a positive thing when the elections are not honest. I'm not saying they personally are dishonest. I'm saying that they do not know what's going on with their, the, because you know why? Because they're not paper ballots anymore. It's all electronic. And somebody, listen, one of the biggest frustrations to me with computers, and I love them, is people are always vandalizing my computer. No, and, it, and I have all kinds of uh, virus protection, and I got all this and all that. And 
but constantly getting vandalized. The, the building out there on Live Oak Boulevard that we just had painted by John Law Painting was vandalized. People are vandalizing our elections. Can you get that under your, can you, can you put that in your pipe and smoke it a bit? And to say, oh, well, we would know about it if, if we would know about it if it was real. They'd tell us on, on CNN. I'm telling you, people, the country has been taken over from within. It's, it's taken over. It happened. And you were oblivious to it. And either you're going to wake up or you're just going to go along and end your life. I'm, talk, I'm not going to say you're going to take your life. I'm saying you're going to come to the end of your life and come to pass being an idiot. And and be, being a born and born and raised, and now you're old in America, and talking about all the wonderful things that the founding fathers and all the people that risked their lives, gave their lives, and did this, did that, and they had such great ideas, and you gave the whole thing over to communists, literally. That's just what's going on here. And you are clueless. You got your head firmly placed, whether you want to look at it in the sand or up your rear end. That's just the way it is. And it's time that either you need to just wake up. There are no there are no righteous elections until we go back to a paper ballot system. And and uh, you'll hear some clips at the end of the show today. Listen to this. This is freaky. Four years in 2016, you win a state by 15,000 four years later. And with all the amazing things that Trump that, that happened under Trump four years later, you don't win by 15,000, but you, you lose 165,000 votes. You lose them. It goes the other way. That, that just doesn't happen. People Biden did not even campaign. And these and uh, so anyway, I need to move on here. Uh, Michigan State Senator, her name is Ruth Johnson. She's a former Secretary of State. Told Gateway Pundit, my estimate is over eight hundred thousand ballot applications were sent to non-qualified voters in Michigan, including many individuals who moved, died, or even some individuals who were underage or non-citizens. Many were sent to people who had moved out of the state. These ballot applications, if turned back in, would cause a live ballot to then be sent to that address by the clerk. Both the ballot applications and the live ballots were not seriously checked for a signature match because Democrat Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson purposely advised clerks to illegally assume and presume that the signatures were a match. This tip came from Muskegon clerk Ann Mish, who has been the city clerk of Muskegon since 2007. It was referred to the FBI. Clerk Mish has been the city clerk for other Michigan cities for 17 years before that. There's no evidence the FBI did anything with this investigation. They didn't do anything. The FBI. I'm telling you, the FBI, you think, oh, well, just a couple bad people. No, 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 no. The FBI is being run the lower level people only do what the other upper level people tell them. And they are not investigating these voter fraud because they know it was a steal. They know Trump won big time. It wasn't close. It was a complete steal. That's why the FBI is not touching it. The Department of Justice 
Bill Barr, appointed Department of Justice attorney overseeing election fraud cases, was notorious for political persecution against conservatives. That's Bill Barr. He's corrupt. The fat guy, the obese dude that that was serving under under Trump. This this thing is totally corrupt. All right, so I'm I'm burning through a lot of time here today, and uh, let me just see. I'm picking and choosing here. What's shaking? I told you last week about Oakland, California, and the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Did I tell you that? Remember that? And I told you that they are freaking out about Oakland. You remember? They said defund the police. That's where Antifa and BLM and all those people were going absolutely nuts down there. And now the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People are pissed. And they are complaining. And they said, we can't go to the mailbox We can't go out and mow our lawns. We can't walk our dog. We can't go to the grocery store. We can't do jack. And we're getting rousted. We're getting robbed. We're getting assaulted. I'm telling you, California is collapsing. You know what the police advised? They're down 500 police officers in Oakland. I told you that last week. Now do you know what the police are advising? This is going to be a shock. Do you know what an air horn is? I remember I bought an air horn when I was in high school. We used to go to football games. You know, in the high, I didn't play football, but we'd go to the games. Our friends were playing. And we wanted to make a lot of noise to celebrate a touchdown, right, or a good play. So I found this thing called an air horn. And when you screw it into this compressed air, when you squeeze it, it makes a god-awful noise. It's like ear-piercing noise like a you'd hear on a ship or a boat. The police are telling residents to buy air horns instead, instead of guns. They're saying, get yourself an air horn. Can you imagine you're, you're sitting at home with your family, right? You're having a cup of coffee after dinner, some ice cream, and you hear down the street, wah! You know, it's not a car alarm. You hear air horns going off. That means it's going down, down the street. Air horns are going to be the way you can tell where crime's going down in the community. But do you, do you think you think a criminal's going to be intimidated by air horn? I do not think so. I think they're bold enough to bust into your house to do a home invasion or carjack you. They don't give a crap. This This thing is crazy what's going on. Use air horns. This guy, this person, who is it? Tony Bird. Uh, It says, uh, after 60-year-old retiree David Schneider was shot and killed here while trimming a tree in his yard. Can you imagine? You're not like a gangbanger. You're not like dealing dope. You're not like a, you know, somebody confronting people on the, this guy's 60 years old. He's trimming his trees in his yard. And he was shot and killed. According to his neighbor, Tony Bird, T-O-N-I, female. Bird, who moved to Oakland two and a half years ago, why she would ever do such a thing, I, you know, she, she obviously isn't in her right mind. 
Bird, who moved to Oakland two and a half years ago, said she took their advice to heart about the about the air horn. <laughs> she now has three air horns. You got one in the bathroom. You got one in the kitchen. You got one by the front door, right? And she's got five security cameras. Monty Hecker, are you listening? <laughs> Monty Hecker. Security cameras and air horns. Maybe Monty should donate an air horn to each new client he gets. Donate an air horn. They will put up some security cameras. We'll monitor the deal. And we're going to don't, we'll give you a free air horn with elite universal security on it. They say birds said the types of crime that we're seeing feel much more violent and the consequences feel much more severe. And it feels like the people that are being targeted are people who are very vulnerable people. Well, of course that's the way it is, Right. It's like a, a, a car, uh, a guy wanting to invade your car. If there's 20 cars and 10 of them are unlocked, they're going to go into the unlocked ones first and see if they can satisfy their need. They're not going to break into ones that are locked, right? So they're always going to go after the vulnerable first. Unbelievable. Residents are outraged that their Soros-backed DA has allowed these things to get this bad. Did you know that F- that Fong Lu, the health officer for Yuba and Sutter County, was sponsored by the Soros Brothers, the Soros Foundation, to study in America? And then they groomed them to be their people, their hacks. And so she became our little communist hack here and jabbed, encouraged people, take that jab, wear that mask, get your kids out of school, Stay home. Don't come outside. All bad. She never had any good advice like, oh, why don't you take a lot of vitamin C? Oh, why don't you take vitamin D? Oh, why don't you sit out in the sun and get a lot of vitamin D from the sun? Why don't you take ivermectin? Why don't you take hydroxychloroquine? Why don't you take zinc? Nope. She couldn't find her medical way out of a paper bag. Anyway. Oh, this is good. This is good. uh, This is the end of the fourth uh, segment. We'll come right back and we'll give you five and six. Meantime, the Fox News at Night Common Sense Department is fascinated by these newly released numbers dealing with, quote, net negative tax income migration. That's a fancy phrase for states with a big outflow of high income earners and therefore a big outflow of dollars. 
Common Sense is not surprised to learn the state losing the most money is California, which in 2021 lost nearly $350 million. That's bad news for a state with a $32 billion deficit. And that does not take into account the domino effect, meaning high-income people usually have a high impact on residential and commercial real estate. And, of course, the study points out the biggest reason high-income earners leave is because of high-income taxes. California has the highest income taxes, followed by New York, which reminds common sense New York just happens to be the number two state for outflow migration, losing $299 million. And the winner of these outflow sweepstakes is, yep, Florida, which in 2021 gained a lot of new residents and gained $12 billion in new revenue, a big number for a state with no income tax. Common Sense is convinced that when you rely almost solely on high-income earners to pay the bills, like California, it's akin to drawing an inside straight where even if you occasionally win... It's a bad bet. Let's bring in Reform California Chairman Carl DeMaio. Carl, great to have you on as always. I guess when you have 1% of the population paying for half the taxes, you tend to get yourself in a bit of a pickle sometimes. Yeah, when I, when I tell people that in California we are so dependent on that 1% where it's 50%, sometimes even two-thirds of our revenue, income tax revenue coming from that 1%, they're astonished. What that study also shows is that while we're seeing wealthy residents flee California and New York, mm -hmm. guess who's replacing? them. Poorer residents, which means at the time that you're losing tax increment, you're also seeing a surge in a demand on welfare programs and public assistance. So this is the perfect storm in California, and they don't seem to be waking up in Sacramento and realizing that they're killing the goose that laid the golden egg. Yeah, and the remedy, of course, is always we just got to raise the taxes a little bit more. Well, deadline day is almost coming because for about 18 months now, you haven't had a lot of renters in Los Angeles paying their rent. KTLA Los Angeles writes the quoting here, L.A. renters may face eviction as COVID back rents payments deadline approaches. Going on, many renters said they simply don't have the ability to pay thousands of dollars in the next 24 hours and that they are starting to worry about being evicted by landlords claim they have been waiting for the money for 18 months and can't wait much longer. I mean, you feel bad for the people who may be evicted, but they've been living rent free for 18 months. And the people who actually have to pay the mortgages on those buildings don't have any money, is it? It's actually worse than 18 months. If you take a look at who's being affected today, which is uh, August 1st is the, the, the first milestone. Mm -hmm. These are people who haven't been paying rent in some cases since March of 2020. So we're talking three and a half years. Right. And so in February of 2024, that's where people not paying rent from October 2021 forward will then have to catch up. Look, how much money did we give out during COVID? All these uh, checks were flying all around, mm -hmm. trillions of dollars, all this bailout money. And even the unemployment rate continues to be pretty decent. Right. So anyone can get a job. We have businesses asking people to come and take jobs. So who has the excuse for why they can't pay rent? The reality is, is that when the politicians tell people they don't have to pay rent, that's when they decide not they to send the check-in. And so who, who's really to blame? I would argue it's the politicians that enabled bad behavior for the past three and a half yep. years, hurting both sides, both so, the renters as well as the landlords. Gavin Newsom thinks he did such a fantastic job during COVID, you know, the school shutdowns and the masks and all the like, that he's now starting a new plan. It's called the Smarter Plan. And SMART, by the way, SMARTER stands for SHOTS 
masks, awareness, readiness, testing, <laughs> education, and RX. All because California, really, I mean, they just, they killed it during, during the pandemic. If you read the actual press release and all the uh, documents associated with this, it's exactly what you just described. California is bragging about how well they did during the pandemic. Right. Let's remember their schools were closed longer than any other state. Their students have had the largest drop off in uh, academic achievement. Right. And when you take a look at all the other effects that the pandemic has had, the homeless crisis, the drug crisis, the mental health crisis, all of these things were exacerbated because he did a poor job as governor. This is like some guy who has failed abysmally and he wants the gold star. He wants the participation right. trophy and he's awarding it to himself. Nobody should benchmark against California. It wasn't smarter. It was a real lousy outcome. And I love the tagline. And we can use this program not just for COVID and pandemics. We can use it for anything. For anything. Just put a mask on. That's the whole thing. Carl, great to see you. Thanks Thank so much. You. My favorite male-female difference. Some college had a test. Uh, they put some college boys and then college girls alone. They could just stare out and think. That's all they could do. So they asked the males, what did you think about? And they asked the females individually, what did you think about? So the males, to no one's shock, thought about sex and sports. What was revelatory to me was the female answer. It was revelatory. They reviewed conversations. Just for the record, there isn't a man alive <laughs> who has ever reviewed a conversation. I always tell wives, when you ask your husband, what are you thinking? And he says, nothing really. He is not lying to you. earlier and I got uh, Ted Holmes and the plumbing doctor also works with us and uh, so I want to give them a shout out and uh, they serve the Yuba Center area they got five six or seven trucks and uh, they're also looking for plumbers thrifty rooters looking for plumbers uh, you call any of these guys and if you're willing to be trained got a good attitude can keep, stay clean show up to work on time you're going to learn the plumbing trade and make yourself a lot of money so Thrifty Rooter, and then you got Plumbing Doctor, and they'll respond in the Yuba Center area. They're, they uh, just do two counties here locally, uh, but they'll get there quick for you, and, and they'll serve. They, you know, their pitch is that they'll do their best to give you same-day service. That's their goal, same-day service. That's pretty cool. So uh, Thrifty uh, Plumbing Doctor is 530-671-9111, 671 Okay, I want to just read this to you. I, you know, remember the days when when if if a county said it, the county health department or, you know, during the floods, oh, you better go get the shot because there's a lot of disease floating around in the funky water, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm just, I'm scrolling here looking for. 
I'm looking for an, an article I want to tell you about, and I'm, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Well, I'm having trouble finding it now. Shame on me. So I was telling you that, remember the days when you used to be able to trust the schools or you trust the government, you know, trust the IRS if they give you advice a certain way, trust the police. Uh, Honestly, people, I don't trust any of them anymore. I do not trust any of them. Uh I'm still looking here. So there was a um, the booster shot advice. Did you do you? I just listened to a lady suggesting that we go to the sheriff of our county to explain the crime against humanity of the shots and see if they will stop them. And. Um, So I just read this, and I can't find it on here. But I'm still looking here. I want to talk to you about it. Okay. So, you know, we used to to trust the CDC, right? And we used to trust the Food and Drug Administration, and uh, and so now I don't trust him at all. So let me t- let me tell you this. Do you remember when the Biden administration recommended six COVID booster shots per year? They mentioned that last year, 2022. Do you realize that when they said that, do you wonder where do they come up with this information? Last year, Health Health Secretary Xavier Becerra, he used to be here in California, he's horrible, said that Americans should get COVID boosters every two months. Xavier Becerra is an attorney. He he doesn't know how to, I don't think he knows how to spell health. <clears throat> when he was questioned by Rand Paul if he was a doctor, he said that he had, he had been a uh, uh, studied health policy for 30 years. And Rand Paul said, no, no, no. I, I just need to know whether you're a doctor or not. So finally he said, he's just such a deceptive. Xavier Becerra is, is a, when, you know, we should have, when you look up lie in the dictionary, it should have a picture of Xavier Becerra next to it, a liar. So he says, you know, you, you wonder when they tell you, oh, do you, some of you say, oh, honey, we need to, let's see, it's been 60 days since we had a shot. We better get over and get a booster, right? You ever, like, double-check, like, where they got their information? A watchdog group called the uh, Functional Government Initiative, FGI, filed a Freedom of Information Act request to find out what? What are the guidelines? How the guidelines, how'd that get developed? And uh, the government, w- government would not respond to the request. So, what do you do? Well, lots of people just quit then. But these people, FGI, sued the U.S. government 
to find out where they came up with the concept of six COVID shots per year. Like, where's the science, right? We want to see it on paper. This week during litigation, an official at the Department of Health and Human Services admitted that they could not find any reason to back up that recommendation in a review of 1,263 pages of evidence. They just said, we have no idea why we said that. Is that unbelievable, people? We have no scientific The same way for the jabs to begin with. Spokesman for FGI said this about the case. Quote, it is tremendously irresponsible for the government's chief health officer to fire off tweets recommending this is Xavier Becerra. What a loser. Fire off tweets recommending frequent injections of a new vaccine booster apparently based on no academic or scientific support. How can the public be assured that the agency is following the science on other important public health matters when it demonstrates such clear disregard for basic scientific integrity standards on any issue like COVID vaccine shots? Last remember last November, Vice President Kamala Harris said on Twitter that one COVID shot per year would provide enough protection for COVID-19. One shot per year. What FGI found? There's no evidence for that either. Not even Pfizer's own studies even looked into the duration of immunity. And you'll hear Dr. Lou bring up this nonsense. Supervisors don't do anything about it. Supervisors don't. Do you think the supervisors have looked into the veracity of the election? No. They, they're elected. They don't give a crap. They don't give a care. They're not going to go there. The fact is Shasta County guys had the Spaldings to look at the election and say, our problem with the elections, we're not going to cooperate with the state or federal government with these machines. We don't have to by law. We just need to have an election and and do our own count and certify it. And so they went back to the paper ballots. As you'll see on the clips today, people that use paper ballots count faster than the machines give you count. You know the reason? Because they're constantly adding votes and changing things with the computers. They're hacked. I'm telling you, we need to go back to one-day voting, paper ballots, and people have to sign in and ID themselves. One of the big problems is the motor voter thing. They're signing up lots of people and adding them to the roles of, of every county. You've been Sutter included. And our, do you think our uh, two Donnas monitor those additions? They do not. These are fictitious names that are added, and then they're removed from the roles later. They're coming in. They're going out. Doug, if, if, either, if either Donna questions my, what I say, don't even call me unless you're willing to meet with Doug Frank, and he'll come here and show you on a computer about your own election statistics. You are not, you are not, when you certify that this is a legit election, it's wrong. It's fraud. I'm not saying that you knew about it. But if you turn your head the other way, you're not. It's, it's just no different than a police chief or a sheriff having crime in his community and turning his head the other way and doesn't look at it. 
It's the same way when officers or deputies don't go into certain neighborhoods because they don't want to even deal with the. They just said they'll let people shoot each other down there. Our our clerks. Our, you know, our supervisors, five supervisors in each county are supposed to protect our constitutional rights and they are not protecting our constitution. You know what they say? You know what these idiots say? Oh, we love Donna. That's that's protecting my constitutional rights, saying they love Donna. Oh, are you having sex with Donna? Is she blowing you? What's she doing for you? What's she doing for me? How is she assuring? How? Why don't the supervisors prove to the residents of Yuba and Sutter counties that the election was absolutely an election of integrity, a righteous election? They cannot do that. They are not able to do that. Do you know what they do? Oh, well, we just trust the state. You guys are idiots. You're idiots. There's the state has been this elections have been stolen repeatedly ever since machines came in. There's been election fraud even before machines, but with paper, you're you're sifting a lot of it out and at least the numbers coming out of yuba county given to the state of california would be accurate do you know that uh other nations have gotten rid of the machines and do the uh paper ballots in one day i think it's sweden one day they have their t- their tally in one day they vote in one day they tally in one day it's over sweden we have people just talking out of the side of their head. Oh, well, you know, we can't do this. It'll take forever. You know something? We're still fighting over trying to figure out the votes from the 2020 election. Do you realize that? It's all screwed up, people. We need to go back to same-day voting, paper. So the same thing here. It's just total corruption. We got Xavier Becerra encouraging you to get six shots a year. This guy doesn't even know what's in the shots. This guy doesn't even know what's in a hamburger. He doesn't know the vitamins that are in an apple. This guy's a total idiot. He's just a political junkie. And yet we're we're, uh, hanging on his every word. So here, here's a here's a text I just got uh, talking about voting. This is a guy from Saigon, Vietnam. Here's what he said. He says, yes, on paper, we can vote, but everything is just a fraud. The nominees promoted by the party and the people just select whoever they nominate. It's just a show to hoax to be a hoax or a show for the free countries like like us in US. That's all he says. Yeah, they they go through the process. That's all we're doing. In fact, more and more people are quitting voting. You know why? Because they it's all it's all a scam. It you know, it's the same way I feel. You remember back in the day you used to think wrestling was legit. And then you realize it was all just a game. It was choreographed. And you used to think, oh, the F- NFL is legit. And then you realize it's choreographed. And then the NBA, it's choreographed. It's a scam. It's just entertainment. 
So all they're doing is kicking us some bread and keeping us laughing and stealing our lives from us for elections. Listen, people, you don't have a country if you can't if you can't guarantee your elections and you can't you can't secure the border. And right now, both are totally out of control. And you think, oh, yeah, we live in America. It's a republic. It's a democracy. It's this. It's that. It ain't none of those things, people. Your country has been taken from you. You have a choice. You can accept it, which most of you sound seems like to me you're you're okay with that. Having your freedoms taken away or you could stand up and say ain't going to happen. Right now, we're on the verge of not being able to confront our school board over things we don't like. Our kids are getting taken care of. Now, some of you people that are my age, your kids are gone. That don't affect me. I'm telling you, one of these days you're going to wake up and your bank account sweeped. It's gone, baby. Or they're going to take you're going to take their your uh, property from you. Or they're going to say when you die, you can't give your property to your descendants. We got our own James Gallagher, who claims to be a Republican, farmer Republican attorney. This guy is so liberal that he voted to have your property taxed and you to property you worked for for 50 years. Your business, you work for, you sweat, you stayed awake at night, you got ulcers over, and, and now you want to hand it off to your son or daughter or, or your grandkids. And he voted and he endorsed Prop 19 to tax you again on that, to tax your relatives, super tax them at a higher level. These people, all we have in this in California are Democrats and Democrat light. And they call those Republicans. You watch how they vote. You subscribe to SaveCalifornia.com. Subscribe to their emails and they will show how they vote. They are not, they are not conservative people. I'm amazed at all these local supervisors. Oh, yeah, they, they say I'm a Republican. I, it, not, I don't even want to hear, hear what, what uh, party they claim they're affiliated with. I want to hear what they say, what they do. We got nothing but growing government around here. Expand, expand, expand. These people are communists. Communism has taken over while we slept through it and watched television and, and our, our butts uh, attained the shape of a lazy boy. Wide butts. You know, this whole thing, as, as Doug Frank said over the weekend, this thing was designed by, by the founding fathers for us to work and toil to keep our freedom. Freedom is nothing easy about it. People say, oh, freedom's not free. It's worse than that. Freedom is a pain in the rear to fight for. That's why it's so amazing to have. It's like you had to like do a takedown to get it. That's why it costs so many people their lives. And then people want to take it away from you or surrender it. Many people just want to give it up. Say, I don't like, I, I'm not really into freedom. It's okay. I, we, I, don't, I don't need it. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We got liars. Have you been amazed? I, I've worked a lot with criminals. They do not hold a candle. They do not compare to the criminality of people like Christopher Ray, head of the FBI. 
Adam Schiff, who I guess was just up here in Nevada County yesterday, uh, total liars. These guys are professional. These guys, I have never seen people lie like these people. Gavin Newsom, Xavier Brezera, uh, uh, Attorney General Bonta. This guy is a, a professed communist, he and his wife. We, we're in big trouble in California. I, I'm not leaving. I'm here for the fight. Uh, I, I, don't, I think things are going to change in every country going towards, more, towards California. I'm not hoping that. I'm just telling you what I what's going on. If people are not going to secure their elect elections, every county could secure their own elections. They could just stand up and say, we're not going to do these machines. All you have to do is fill that supervisor chambers repeatedly and say, either get rid of those machines. Or we're going to take you out of office and get rid of them ourselves. We're going to get rid of them. We're not going to have those darn machines. We're going to have paper ballots. Or we're going to we're going to vote once a year. Da 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 da. We're going to do it that way. We'll count those ballots ourselves. We are not going to do this anymore. You think, oh, yeah, they're, they're running across the border. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, you can do something. You could send money to conservatives that they'll stop that foolishness. You could send money. They think, well, you know, I'm not down the border. I'm up here in Northern California. You can stop it. You can give money. You can help candidates down there. They could use your money. Your money spends just as well down there as it does up here. If you don't care, if you're going to care about the border, put some put some money behind it. Stop stop supporting businesses that uh, are are wanting open borders. And the other thing is, you got to stand up for the. You know, why don't you just go into the supervisor and say, I think the election's crooked, and I want an investigation in the election, and I want I want to bring in some uh, some top notch people that can that are smart enough to to show us what happened and that's guys like doug frank do you think that you know i invited all the supervisors to these meetings none of them came they don't care they don't care they don't care about uh, good elections you know what they just say oh we love donna i'm just thinking everybody's having sex with donna all these election guys that's all they say i love donna i love donna i said really 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 how about uh you can guarantee me as your constituent that we have righteous elections. That it's a righteous election. Can't guarantee it? We got one more segment. We'll be right back. Watch it. I was born in a crossfire hurricane. In a howl and my mom. I've never seen this happen before. A lead actress guaranteeing nobody will go see her movie. Rachel Zegler, star of the new Snow White, did this on the red carpet. It's no longer 1937, and we absolutely wrote a Snow White that she's is not going to be yeah, saved by the prince. She's not going to be saved by the prince, and she's not going to be dreaming about true love. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be. Falling in love—that's so 1930s. Yeah, nothing's more romantic than sitting in a gray box nine to five and heating up 
leftovers alone. This is what I don't get. If you hate the original story, write a new story. Don't use a familiar name like Snow White for clout. And when the new Snow White gets woken up and kissed by her trans, black, lesbian, girl boss CEO and nobody moves, don't act surprised. And then they have the audacity to say, the reason the film bombed at the box office is because everyone in America is sexist. The Disney self-destruction continues. As I speak to clerks around the country, I always say to them, hey, how do you know you didn't get one of these machines? And they say, oh no, Dr. Frank, can't be in our state, it's illegal. It's illegal for us to have machines connected to the internet. I say, okay, well, let's just take care of that. I've got this little sensor. I'll just, let's just have you turn on your machine and I'll stand right here and tell you whether it's online or not. Not a single clerk in the country will let me near their machines. How do they know whose names they could use? The real fraud is not this. This is just some homeless person or drug addict or somebody who works at an NGO making 10 bucks of stuff. These aren't the real criminals. The real criminals are the ones who set up the software that allows you to print the ballots for the people that didn't vote. And then you fill them out and then you give them to those NGOs to distribute to the ballot boxes. That's the real fraud. This is the symptom of the fraud. The real fraud took place where? In the machines. And to take our back, our country, we're going to need to get rid of the machines. We're going to have to perform. We're going to have to perform our elections with our own two hands and our own two feet. Okay. By the way, those are Nellie's feet when she was born. You guys know who Nellie is. Uh, so um, people say, oh, that's too hard, Dr. Frank. You know, I was, I was in Nebraska testifying in formal testimony before their election committee. And, and Evnen, Bob Evnen, the Secretary of State, came, came down and said, oh, you can't count this stuff by hand. We'd be counting till Easter. Oh, yeah? All of Europe does it in a single day, okay? And they, they have a single day. They make it a national holiday. They have paper poll books. They have paper ballots, hand counting, and they report the results that night. So yes, of course we can. There's no reason we can't. I'm 61. Half of my life I voted by signing in on a paper poll book. They handed me a paper ballot. I filled it out. It went into a box. They counted them after the polls closed. We were done in a day. How long has it been since, you know, November of 2020? Two years? I think we're still counting, okay? We could have been done two years ago, okay? So there's no reason we can't do this the old-fashioned way. It's actually the state of the art if you listen to election experts. What is a phantom voter? A phantom voter is a situation where a ballot has been submitted, but it is not from the real voter. Instead, it is from someone who has expired or someone who's moved away, or someone who didn't even know they were registered, or someone who didn't complete a ballot. They didn't even vote, yet we have a ballot from them. Or it could simply be from someone who doesn't even exist, like someone who supposedly lives at a gas station, or an empty lot, or from campgrounds. In each of these cases, a crime has been committed and a fraudulent ballot has been recorded. This is not okay. It undermines our democracy and it desecrates the graves of those who have sacrificed that we might have our liberty and the privilege of voting. So how do we find these phantom voters? Well, it's a lot of work, but the best way is to knock on doors. 
And that's where our super moms come in. Another way is using precinct mail. If you mail everyone in a precinct a letter, many of the letters will come back with a bad address that you can investigate. Another way is to use the registration database itself. You can run algorithms which identify likely phantom voters. You can examine the registration database right down to the precinct level and see all sorts of suspicious activity that you can follow up. Death records provide another way when you compare it to the registration database. I often hear county clerks say that they use signature verification to confirm the ballots from the registered voter. When I point out that many of their supposed registered voters are expired, they say, how can this be since we use signature registration? I like pointing out that dead people seem to have really good lung hand. Using change of address records is also handy when you compare it with the registration database. Presentation of her clients, Lambert's obtained evidence of law violations committed by Benson and covered up by Nestle. That's obstruction of justice. The big lie that somehow the 2020 election was not accurate when indeed it was. The evidence Lambert has in her possession does not fit the media narrative. And it is the root defense for everyone under attack from the alternate slate electors to Donald J. Trump, which is why Nestle and Benson want to desperately censor the truth and to intimidate attorneys from representing clients with election matters. So elections never have oversight again. Lambert has done nothing illegal and has told Hilson and Nestle that she will sue them for malicious prosecution. Hilson incorrectly thought he could insulate himself from a malicious prosecution if he had a grand jury do the dirty work. But in the process, he failed to advise the grand jury and the judge on the appropriate law regarding tabulators. Hilson failed to tell the judge and jury. According to Michigan election law, if a township or city clerk has knowledge that there is probable illegal or fraudulent registration in the township or city, the clerk has the power and duty to make a full investigation of the facts concerning the registration. It further states that a township or city clerk is further authorized and empowered if he or she considers it necessary or advisable to appoint assistant examiners for the purpose of the investigation. Two weeks before the 2020 election, Benson's office inflated the voter rolls by 700,000 and told clerks they wouldn't see a paper trail at the local level, despite that it is the township clerk's duty under the law to make sure the rolls are legal, compliant, and accurate. Townships own the tabulators, so they can sue the vendor or the Secretary of State if necessary. Lambert's client, Election Integrity Force, submitted multiple FOIA requests for the voter rolls to confirm who voted in 2020. Benson has provided a different response each time she receives a FOIA request asking who voted in the November 3, 2020 election. People are leaving California, probably no friends that have left. And so we lost enough people between the 2010 and 2020 census to force losing one congressional seat. Estimates are that by the next census, we will lose, lose at least two seats. So we were the 
we we were constantly growing from the 1850s when California became a state, 1850 to up till recently. We were constantly growing in this state. People came, you know, people transfer in and out of the state, but net, the net was the state was constantly growing. That's no longer true. And the other thing that's interesting, as as I played some clips, uh, the people that are leaving have money, and the people that are coming, for the most part, do not have money. That's bad news for California. So uh, let's see. So, oh, I want to mention that the the 7-Eleven was Stockton. I think I mentioned maybe it's Fresno, Fresno, but it was actually Stockton. And, um, okay, so what's happening is in California, it's pretty interesting, actually. There's an exit out of California, a net exit. And um, so let me just say, look at something here. So there's uh, a lot of conversation about what's going on with it. And there's certain counties where it, it's, you know, either you can talk about where the most people are leaving. Of course, L.A. County uh, would probably have more people leaving. But, the, but you have to look at percentage of population change to really get a good perspective. And it's interesting when you look at the greatest percentages of the current population that has left, the 10 top counties that have left that are losing population are all in the north, all these small rural counties. Now, that's exactly what the liberals have wanted. They want to depopulate the, the uh, rural counties and move people to the cities, force them into the cities. And uh, so it says the 10 fastest shrinking counties in California are Modoc. You may never have heard it. My computer is acting up all crazy. Sorry. Uh, it's jumping around on me. And I don't know why. I just don't know why. Most of the things are that way in my life. I just don't know why. Most of uh, Modoc County is sparsely populated. And... Uh, trying to keep this thing staying in one spot it's not wanting to help me here i may have to do something different modoc doesn't have a large population but uh they had a population decrease they had to look at over a 10-year period but they lost 13.25 percent of their population that's a lot uh, mono county is the second one it's the sierra nevada's uh it's up in the uh the north again they lost 9.22% since 2010 of their that's a lot when you have a small county again these are rural counties mountainous some of them they there are big timber and mining uh, counties at one time mono has a lot of natural attractions east of the sierra nevadas the famous for fishing skiing resorts natural beauty uh, 2 million migratory birds stop there to eat and uh, anyway mono county Lost almost 10%. Lassen County, one of the larger lakes in Lassen County is Eagle Lake. Um, they lost 8% of their population between 2010, I think, and 2020. 
and uh, historically was a farming, mining, and lumber hub, but has changed and is primarily the home of two state and federal prisons. You probably heard of Susanville Prison. And so that's number three. Number four is Mariposa County. Uh, it has not one traffic signal, uh, signal in Mariposa County. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, hold on here. I need to adjust my computer once again. It keeps jumping for some reason. And um, so they lost 8% of their population. Boom. They're, Mariposa, you may know them by Yosemite National Park. And um, okay. Butte County, that may surprise some of you. That's just to the north of us. Butte County is where Chico State College is, Chico, California. And you might say, wow, how did, how did they lose? How did a big college town uh, disappear, uh, all the population? Well, what happened is because of the mismanagement of our forests, we burned down a whole city called Paradise, and it displaced 50,000 people out of paradise. And uh, there, it takes years and years and years to ever rebuild a city. You know, when you build, you know, when you think about a city, we got not only houses, but stores and schools and hospitals and all that kind of stuff. Fire departments, police departments, right? So uh, Gavin Newsom's irresponsibility with the with our forests left all this tender. Uh, fuel in the forests and uh, they couldn't stop the fire so they let's let it burn it burned uh, 150,000 acres displaced 50,000 people killed 80 people so that's why uh, Butte County is uh, a lot of people left there Del Norte County is right up in the corner it Crescent City is their main city right up near Oregon and they face the ocean they've lost four percent Siskiyou County is another beautiful county but it's very few you know people got to earn a living folks and when they stopped the timber industry because of the spotted owl you remember that and it was a lie the whole thing was a fraud it was a lie but the timber in- industry went out of business and they have lost uh two or three percent three or four percent let me see my machine is just freaking out right now just having a time plumas county feather river is an important regional um county a regional river and uh, the feather river is it's a big river that comes right down from into where i am and uh, they have lost about two percent since 2010 and uh, all these counties have amazing attributes calaveras county the jumping frog contest county uh, calaveras is named after Native American skulls that were found in the area. Calaveras is a Spanish word meaning skulls. Some of you probably, that's the first time you've seen that before. Then Kings County is number 10. And uh, so what's happening is California's population decreased. Some people believe about 0.91% from 2020 to 2021 and about 20.29 hundredths of a percent from 2021 to 2022 i i don't know how they keep track of this without taking a full census but the fact is 
I know so many people that have left Yuba Sutter counties, and I know people are moving into Yuba Sutter because we have cheaper housing up here comparably to those folks in the south, and people still want to remain in California. Um, they uh, maybe want to move up to Nevada County where it's nice up there. And so, but there's a lot of people have left Yuba Sutter, not because they don't like Yuba Sutter, it's because they don't like the state's policies, the government policies. So, uh, and in, in the South, the big counties like Los Angeles, San Diego, Orange, Santa Clara have not seen a significant population decline. Why? Uh, because they have a lot of uh, immigrants that are moving in there and and because there's a lot of work down there and it's uh, easy to just move in there and settle in that part of the state. So uh, anyway, I'll let, let that go. We only have 10 minutes left, so I'm just touching on some things here that I think you might be interested in before we have to go. It's so interesting. I just came across this Stockton police investigate the seven 11 clerks. I'm fascinated. So fascinated to see what's going to happen to this. Such an embarrassment that the shame on the sheriff's department or police department of Stockton that are holding these clerks responsible for beating this guy that's stealing caught right in the act of stealing. So now somehow you can't touch them. You have to, have to say, would you please stay here for the police? Oh man. Oh man. So the police have got to forward all their findings, you know, because they're in trouble. You know, they're they're all in trouble. Uh, so okay. So Richard Eber, do you have, you know Richard Eber? He he's a great writer in California. He writes uh, says he writes exclusive to the California Political News and Views. I I don't know where I see him, but he always writes great. And so uh, he is talking about here. Uh, he says he likes to ride trains. You ever ridden a train? I never ridden a train. I ridden one train over this, uh, the Donner summit. And we, my mother and I rode to sparks where my sister lived at one time back in the day. And my mother was afraid to drive over the summit cause she'd been in a bad car wreck up there. It was gnarly. It didn't have I 80 going over it like it does now. It was gnarly. So the train was very safe. And, uh, but I, I started riding a lot of trains in Vietnam and in China. I read, I've ridden trains uh, cross-country, 24-hour trains to get across China, sleeper trains and stuff like that. And uh, it's really quite a ride. I enjoy trains. And so Richard Eber starts off his article by saying uh, he kind of likes trains. And so he says, we've seen the failure of voter registration. Um uh, well, actually, Steve Frank uh, writes a, a, a lead and it says we check this out. We've seen the failure of voter registration run by the DMV with at least 142,000 people illegally registered to vote. Right. So he's talking about the failures of government. He says, do you love the post office? They lose billions each year. And uh, law enforcement is even collapsed. And he says government education's collapsed. The transportation system's collapsed. And. Uh, it says uh, PG&E. Sorry, my computer is just not. It, it's, it needs to be stopped and started over or something. It's just like freaking out. Uh, PG&E has collapsed. It's a. It's essentially a private corporation, but it's been mismanaged by the government. And uh, Southern Edison, same. 
And so Richard Eber says, call me crazy, but I enjoy traveling by train. Sitting in a rail car, taking in the scenery while enjoying a glass of wine is an expensive experience you always, always enjoyed by me. In other words, you like to ride trains. It's kickback, no sweat, no muss. And you can just watch the, you know, chit chat, talk to people walking by. It's cool. I, I, I agree with him. I don't drink. But I agree with him. He said, "My re- however, my recent experience touring on government-operated Amtrak might have changed my mind. Returning from Eugene, Oregon to California at 2 p.m. on Monday, nothing seemed amiss. This soon changed as a conductor advised passengers that a small fire was blocking the tracks down south of Klamath Falls. Upon arrival there, we were told that the train would be held up. Uh, later, this was amended to returning passengers to their origin points up to Seattle the next morning. This is where things fell apart. No one seemed to be in charge of giving choices to riders for other transportation op- options to reach their destinations. Instead, we found. Pardon me. My computer is like uh, testing me tonight. Upon arrival, um, there was no help. Instead, we found a snarly crew who openly grumbled about being inconvenienced while wondering when they would return to Seattle. No concern was given to the passengers traveling a coach. This is communism, people. No consideration was given to the passengers traveling a coach who ended up spending at least 24 hours on what might be termed stairway to heaven transport. Despite this, complimentary foods... Food and drinks were not offered. Upon arrival back to Eugene, which there were no provisions to offer alternative means of transport by bus or plane, the only compensation offered passengers was a refund of the fare. Making matters even more bizarre is that a southbound train to California came through about the same time we got off in Eugene. Those traveling with me wondered why our train was turned around when we could have stayed in K Falls until the track cleared the answer to all these questions is government inefficiency it was obvious the left hand of amtrak was oblivious of the right with this rudderless entity bureaucratic incompetence precluded common sense or customer service from taking place no one on board or in corporate cared nor took responsibility for the passengers difficult plight all of us on board amtrak number 11 which we had flown were privately owned planes would have been required by law to compensate passengers for the inconvenience. This was not the case on government-operated rails, where riders, riders were literally hung out to dry. Welcome to the world of socialism in action. Welcome to the world of socialism in action. With this being the case, why the hell would, be, would we like to give more responsibility of our lives to Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom, and other progressives? Is what we have are is is what we experience an example of what they promise to be a better life? These political hacks want the government to take over from private enterprise, energy, medical, housing, and all other important functions. They believe Uncle Sam and his first cousin in Sacramento can do a better job in providing essential services because they are not encumbered with the evils of capitalism. Is that unbelievable? Is that unbelievable? 
I'm telling you, that is communism, people. I'm telling you, I have seen it firsthand. And uh, it's it's gnarly. It's just gnarly what happens. And so um, I'm trying to get my computer. My computer, I think, wants to shut down or start up, do some kind of cleanup or something. It's right in. I don't know why it's doing that. And uh, crazy what's going on here. Help me, Jesus. So anyway, uh, Eber, as usual, writes a great deal, uh, a great article about this explaining. And it's interesting, like we have this high-speed rail that's a disaster. It's never going to come to pass. We have green energy that literally – would it make any difference if you, you had to get a generator to run your power in your house? You know, during – remember uh, Y2K the, when the year 2000 came and all people got generators? I didn't. But a lot of people figured out how to hook a generator to their house in case they lost power and do all those kind of things. Would it make any difference if you all had to have a generator because we were losing power all the time? Or you all had to have uh, a separate water system because your water was constantly getting shut down? The water system in Marysville, for instance, where we have a a water company. Uh, Would it make any difference if if we lose the services? Like like, uh, when I used to work down in Tijuana, and work on different projects down there, nonprofit projects, the water would just turn off during the day for hours. There'd be no water. And eventually what we did is we just, it would drip. We'd turn it on, but it would drip out of the the faucets and we would keep it in buckets. And then we'd shower with a, uh, a little scoop uh, in the, get in the shower with a five gallon bucket and just soap up and scoop after a hard day's work. And uh, that's what we just had to do because that was TJ at the time. I don't know whether it's still that way or not, but uh, that's that's socialism. That's a dictatorship. That's corruption. And that's what we have with Amtrak. It's a disaster what's going on in this country. So uh, let me see if. Oh, by the way, did you see that non-citizens can now vote in San Francisco local elections, like in the school board elections. You don't have to, like you could be an illegal alien and you can vote in the local school elections. And now Oakland also can vote. Now it's going to go to the Supreme Court. Originally, a local judge said that ain't going to happen. You got to be a citizen of the United States to vote in an election. And now we have the appeals court, which is the same type of appeals court that overthrew the uh, invalidation of Measure K in Yuba County, and which was a righteous decision, but we had a corrupt three-person panel down in Sacramento that was politically driven, and they overthrew that and forced another percent of sales tax on us. It was a political ploy. And so same things are happening uh, in other areas where now uh, you don't even have to, you, you don't, you can, it isn't illegal to cross the border illegally. It's not illegal. You can come to San Francisco or Oakland and you can vote in a in a and and the uh, attorneys down there are saying, well, it'll it'll help the people be more involved in their children's education if they're on the school board. These people don't even belong in this country. Be like me going to Vietnam and getting on the school board. We've run out of time. This is uh, episode two two eight coming up on August twelfth. So I hope you have a good week. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you next week. I see trees are green, red roses too. I see them bloom. 
Dark sacred night, and I think to myself. 